love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? This is State of My Sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the State of My Sports. And this is episode 150. After our hops flight segment, we are going to talk about some Detroit Lions news and rank the five best wide receivers and quarterbacks in this 2022 NFL Draft. Since we ran out of time last week, we got to talk some Tigers. Uh, it's going to be some old news, some new news, all that good stuff. Just talk about spring training, some of the players that are on the bubble. Um, just kind of chit-chat about them because it's baseball season, so time to do that. What are we yeah. When's opening day? So it's a week from Friday. Yes. Is opening day. Yeah. That's awesome. Which I, is I just, what, like April... Eighth, I want to say April eighth. I just put in for half day, so I will. Are we going mittens? Probably Friday. Mitten? Yeah, Friday half day. John, you, you in? don't have to put in, do you? You just walk out. I just, I just leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will be out of town that day. What? You're just out of town all the time. Yeah. At the ballpark. As much no. as it can <laughs> you can be. Going to Tigers game? No, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sweet. Are they playing in Niagara Falls? No, they're not. But you go to Niagara Falls? I am. Oh, man. I yeah. want to hear more about that. Jeez, that awesome. look at you. Another yeah. train ride? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Taking a car. Nice. Uh, but yeah, t- Detroit Tigers talk. Uh, then we're going to talk about Michigan, uh, Michigan's basketball season ending, some bracket stuff um, in the Final Four. Um, we'll try to get back on track with my Wednesday parlay in our betting hero segment. And, of course, we'll grade some great craft beer from here in the great state of Michigan. If you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, please let us know in the comments. Be, be part of the conversation. All you got to do is comment. We get them. We'll, we'll, we'll read them, and we'll, we'll talk all about what you want to talk about as long as it's what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Um, before I we no ju- idea. <laughs> before we jump in, I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors that help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. The Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery of State of My Sports. Mac Web Design helped us get our website up and running in betting. Hero helps us and you get the best promos available in the sports betting world. I'm Sam Walthart. With me today, we got Ryan Walthart, Micah Smith, and John Dornboss working behind the scenes. How's your guys' this week? You guys doing anything fun? Anybody? Mm. We are so lame. We gotta like come up with fake stories if we have nothing to talk about. I uh, I had some some family birthdays that we celebrated. My yeah. daughter, yeah, C- Cecilia's daughter was. Wait what? Wait, Cecilia's who? daughter. My daughter's birthday was uh, on Friday. Last nine week. years old. Yeah, nine years Man. old. Oh, happy birthday! Oh well, thank you. I'll last tell her. year, single digit. Tell digits. her daughter. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna look her right in the eyes next year when she turns ten and be like, <laughs> double digits. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I actually did some demo in the house. You get? Do you guys see that? On your way in? No. You didn't see the demo I did? What? Took down some walls. I got more to do. I got more to do. <laughs> I got Andrea's putting pressure on me to get it done tomorrow, so I got to get it done tomorrow. Half day? No, oh. I'm gonna do it all at night. I think <laughs> <laughs> with the kids in my feet. Yeah, you know. Yeah, way way it works. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So she's she's uh, ordering uh, wood flooring. Like that's been her stress of the week. Really? Are you to gonna get... put it down yourself too? 
Yeah, is I'm it not actual wood floor or no. Uh, we're gonna do vinyl. the vinyl okay. planking. I think no, we can do stuff that, looks I good think. these days. Yeah, but I think we can do it, right? Oh, yeah. By we, I mean <coughs> you and Andrew, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> Micah and my dad telling me what to do. We got a. We got of course, a, we can do it. We got a cheers in the chat line from Detroit Brew. Hey, hey. thanks, Detroit Brewing Company. Thank cheers. you. We are drinking. Stay, stay with us. We're about to introduce you guys beer after our flight segment. Maybe share this podcast with people. That'd be great too. I'll get some listens. There you eh? go. Let's this go. is good, guys. I like this. Yeah, you like it so far? Yeah, I do. What do we, what is it called? Cornerman. Cornerman, yeah, red ale. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited like for it. this one. I'm actually sipping on something else right now because I just needed to cut it off. I needed to get some energy. Yeah. I've been, like we talked about earlier, it's like just bottled up stress right now. Well, you just tore open some walls and stuff, so I yeah, get it. Yeah. That's, well, that's supposed to relieve stress, right? I mean, not, was, no? not once you're done that's relieving That's how it started. Yeah. <laughs> now there's a hole in my wall. I yeah. wasn't actually supposed to do it. Stress. I was just stressed, so I took down a wall. You're like, I'm down a closet. I've got nowhere to put anything. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm about to be down a second closet. That closet when we walk in the door, that's coming down That's tomorrow. coming down? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, you're not going to have any closet space. I know. It's a bad I'm, I'm so excited to get rid of stuff. That's, that's my goal is to get rid of stuff. Um, to make that happen, but um, anyways, what, what are we talking about today? I think sports. Yeah, so let's let's get right into our flight segment, John. What what did you want to talk about to start off this this episode? One fifty, big deal. One fifty, right? Episode one fifty. Yeah. Well, this is probably not the biggest deal topic of episode one fifty. <laughs> I would hope. Kyle's gonna be pumped. I'll tell you if he's if he's watching live. Well, it looks like uh, he's fighting for a, a spot on this flight topic hey, conversation. You're welcome to join anytime. He said, hey, he said we'll talk about whatever he wants to talk about. So, <laughs> oh, waiting on you, Kyle. But uh, I'll I'll break the ice for you. Men's uh, soccer national team, USA national team, is one game away from making the World Cup. Wow. I don't know how big news that is for you, Sam. Uh, I, but it's the first time. I didn't know they were still playing, to be honest with you. But. Yeah. <laughs> Soccer? Yeah. yeah right. I didn't know that was still a thing. Uh, yeah. So first appearance uh, potentially since 2014, a long layoff. Of so the, does that mean it. they missed two or missed one? I believe they only missed the one in 2018. Okay. Yeah. Um, this one's in where, – where, do we know where this one's at? Qatar? I, I don't. Or is that last one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, was it um, was it supposed to be in Russia? Actually, <laughs> was it? No. Yeah, yeah. How's no, that? No, I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I think maybe. Seriously. Yeah, something something like that. Uh, I, I can look it up if you want me to, though. Yeah, no, yeah. but I mean, it, it's cool. So basically, where they're at is, is as long as they don't lose by more than six goals or something, right? Is is that what I heard? Correct. Correctly? Yeah, they just got to keep it a close game, I guess, or a match. Match. What do they call that? Yeah, I think the match. Match on the pitch. I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How many periods are there? Lasso. A couple. There's a couple. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Kyle, he's getting getting in there. But no, I mean, I, look, when the World Cup happens, I'll watch. Oh, Qatar, the US you're right. Game. Qatar, yeah. Is it? Yep. I'll, like I watch US. I'll cheer for US. I'll pretend that I'm a soccer. I mean, it's a pretty simple sport, so you can sit back <laughs> and watch, even though you don't know anything about it, and be like, oh, I know what's good stuffs happening, what bad stuffs happening. Um, the wor- World Cup is. Really fun to watch. I it mean, really is. Yeah, I mean, if you get into it, that is the, definitely the event for soccer. Um, it is way more important than Olympics, and you know, Champions League is fun and all that kind of stuff too. But I, World World Cup just dominates. Yeah. So, Ka- or John, you said you were going to break the ice. Now we're going to get back on the ice, if that's all right. Back on the ice. <laughs> back on the ice, Micah. You said you want to talk some wings here. Back on the ice, baby. So the Red Wings, the, their last fifteen games. 
They went 3-11-1, and they've got 44 goals for and 77 goals against. It's not good numbers. I mean, I guess to be expected, but the numbers are really, really bad. So out of 32 teams, they rank 30th for total goal differential, and they're at negative 64. It's it's incredible because like we've talked about that for the last couple of years the goals the goals against versus goals for I think they were like minus like over a hundred I think it was a minus one hundred twelve two years ago it was bad, and then bad, it, bad. they got it back in track I think with minus sixty or something like that last year but the where they are in the standings and look we're not all excited about where they are in the standings because yeah. it's not good right but and still have that bad of a goal differential is absolutely mind blowing it, it it is bizarre I, I I don't know what to make of it. Um, also, Nedeljkovic, out of 50 goalies, he's got a 3.26 goals against in 49 games, and he ranks 43rd out of 50, like I said. Hmm. Thomas Grice, 49th out of 50 in goals against average. Yeah, but he had such good numbers for so long, Nedeljkovic, right? So is it just is it just these like one-off games that just have piled I mean, on to ha- his stats? He has the one-off games, but, I mean, way too many of these one-off games. You know, it's like he's... He's part of a lot of these these games, and, and it's crazy because you never see a coach pull a goalie for another and then end up putting that goalie back in, and I think he's done that three times. Now, Blaschel's I, done that to Nedeljkovic three times. I have never seen that done up until then. Yeah, unless there was, wow. like, an injury or something. Like, it, it's absolute, It's insane what's going on, and it's I, – I don't know where, where you want this conversation to go, but, man, it, it just screams, like, change at the top of something, you know? And I – yeah. Look, I, I you guys know how I feel about Larkin, and I think he's gonna get off scot free with this because he, Blashell is the gonna be the whipping boy here, right. and, and deserves the criticism that he's gonna get. Um, but at the same time, players play, and this is just this is unacceptable to have. They just let in eleven goals against Pittsburgh. They've so I saw a tweet by a uh, Nolan. <laughs> you heard that right? Bianchi. Eleven. They've now given up nine plus goals for the third time in fourteen games. Nine, nine plus goals. This was the first time a team scored eleven goals in a game since the salary cap. Eleven goals. This oh, is the most goals anybody scored since what would goodness. that be? 2000, 2005, 2006, I think was when the salary cap got implemented. That's what I mean. These, yeah. these like one off games are not just one off at this point. It's not one off, but and they're they're insane. Yeah, the number of goals are just crazy. It is. And look, the, the other stat there, you got to get to the deep. <laughs> <laughs> the defense the defense is so bad. It, it is. And, I mean, we don't have a ton of talent. I like the high end. Like, I like Heronic. I like Cider, obviously. Um, but there's no leadership right now on the back end. They're no, just young not. guys. You got to go out, and, and that's who you got to go out and get is, is a high end um, leader on the back end that can take control of this team and and just kind of grab him by the neck and ring him out. You know what I mean? Because this is not good at all. No. So is it Cider? Is he is he Cider's starting to play bad? He, no. I mean Cider plays good. He plays good. I mean he's gonna is he's gonna get the minuses obviously if you're gonna get twenty plus minutes of ice and he's a lot, a lot eleven of ice goals. Time. Um, but it it's there's a lot more to it than than just like bad defense. So you can't put your finger on it. But the goaltending's been poor. The defense has been poor. The the scoring has been awful. As well, it's yeah. just not. It's just one of the worst stretches that I've seen this team go through. It, at least this year, you know, and it, it's really frustrating. Yeah, and this last stat, it's it's funny, sad, but true. So according to Dmitry Filipovich, the Red Wings have now had games this season where they have given up zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 
and 11 <laughs> goals against. It's incredible. Like, <laughs> you can't even make that stuff up. I wonder who's going to get the off. 12 goals. Who's going to get two? Who's going to get the 12th is, is what I'm wondering. So there's got to be well, a game coming up. Well, Blash will put three different goalies and if he Man. had the option. I, oh, he definitely would have at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Which I remember one time when we were playing at Davenport, we played this junior team in Canada. And we had three goalies, but we can only dress two. But since it was like an exhibition, I remember we were getting smoked so bad. These guys were playing opposite hand and absolutely destroying us. And technically they were supposed what? to be worse really? than us. It was, it was crazy. Um, but I remember coach calling a timeout with like, I think it was midway, like almost the end of the second period yells down to the guy that's doing stats, our, our third string goalie for the day, yeah. tells him to go grab his gear off the bus and get dressed and put it on so he could he play. He had to go to the <laughs> bus. Yeah, he got dressed midway <laughs> through the second period to, to oh. come out and play. Oh man, it was so embarrassing. But, um, Red Wings should really be embarrassed because that was on television and, if I didn't tell you guys, you guys would have never known that what happened to our team. So it might not have happened. Maybe I'm just trying to <laughs> be part of the conversation here. Oh, but man. Um, Ryan, what was yours uh, for the day? Yeah, I, I want to talk about the Pistons a little bit, and uh, I guess the race for the first overall seeding. So currently, um, I guess yesterday, Detroit, Houston, and Orlando were all tied for the worst record in the NBA at 20 and 55 um since then houston and orlando have both lost which did one of them what lost in overtime right yeah which uh, who, well, orlando i think lost in overtime. orlando yeah i think in the heat or, or in the uh the rock has been playing pretty well but i guess i guess where i wanted to go with this is more of talking about like we're almost to the season recap and i feel like this the last stretch here is important and, and, it, and I'm kind of torn one way or another. So I want all the players to continue to develop. We have a starting lineup that includes Cade Cunningham, Marvin Bagley, Isaiah Stewart, um, Sadiq Bey. And, and I want yep. all those guys to succeed and, and keep playing. And Killian right? Hayes is playing great off the bench lately. So, like, the team feels good. There's a difference. They're losing close games to, like, the Heat, the, um, you know, some of the better teams in the league. Yeah. Um, and, and they're really competitive right now. They they crushed a team the other night, twenty plus points. That's the first time all season they've had a win like that too. But it the mo- but they continue to lose on a regular basis. So I I like that. It's the same situation as last year where they yeah. were com- competing night in night out, but they were getting the, the losses. Yeah, and they're they're keeping it close with Brooklyn right now. Yeah, and they, they were beating him. Yeah, they had a lead at half. Yeah. And just must have. I think Durant woke up. Well, Killian Hayes wasn't <laughs> on the court. Oh, that's so. right. Yeah, Killian Hayes is the problem. Like, <laughs> I mean, when he's off the court, that's when the team struggles, right? I think Kyrie was getting used to that home court feel again. <laughs> yeah, too. yeah, exactly. Uh, but how about Sadiq Bay setting a franchise record for most threes in a season? I yes, think he was huge. Um, making that many buckets this year. Yeah, so. he's going to be over 200 here pretty soon, no yeah. problem. That's, uh, I don't know, that's, that's awesome. Pretty cool. and, and he took the record from Alan Houston, of all players. Yeah. So that, that just shows you, yeah. yeah, that shows you, like, <laughs> you know, Chauncey Billups never did it, and three was uh, is Blake Griffin. So, wow, really? Yeah, so it shows you, like, how much the game has changed, too. Yeah. Um, but, no, I think we've got a lot of good pieces. It's interesting to watch. Um, one thing that has been uh, – there's a lot of different topics all in one. Sorry, no, but good. Jeremy Grant is out for the season. Yep. Uh, so he, he had a strained calf the other night, and, and it was legit. It's not 
a phantom injury. He, it was legit, but they definitely shut him down for the whole season really quickly for a strained calf, I would say. Which is smart. Yeah, and, and they don't want to the risk anything. Especially the rumors that we, we've been hearing. And so the offseason right now, there's a bunch of rumors that the Portland Trails, Trailblazers are extremely interested in Jeremy Grant because of his friendship with Damian, Damian Lillard and their interest to get um, him and maybe one other signing a free agent to try to compete again okay. with Lillard because they yeah. know they have to in order to keep him. Yeah, otherwise he's going to walk. And now they have the, the Pelicans draft pick in order to try to get Jeremy Grant from the Pistons. So Pistons right now, I think it's a great opportunity to experiment with your team, see what you have with all these players without Jeremy Grant on the court, see how it looks long-term. Maybe you're one draft pick away. Maybe you're a signing and a draft pick plus a, a maybe a mid round first or mid first round draft pick as well. So there's a lot of options on the table right now, and I think it's a good opportunity for the coaching staff and for the GM to see what's going on and and yeah. give you know and, their and, stamp on this team. And there's still a really good chance that they could win the lottery and get the, the first first choice. Very and much. That would be incredible to get it back to back. Like I'm not going to expect it because the odds don't ever do that, but. You're going to get a talented player that fits with what they want to do, and that's that's what's most important here is, is they're sitting in a really good spot, not only for that pick, but if they can get something out of Grant and continue to just add more more pieces, yeah. it's going and, to be awesome. And if, they, if they're the worst team, it's not only important because they have good odds to get first overall pick because the actually the number one, two, and three worst teams all have the same odds for the number one overall pick. And the number four. So it's like uh, number it's fall one, in the two, top and four. three. Yeah, yeah. It, yep. Yeah, so – it's just the top three. It's one, two, three, and then the four is just right below. Oh, that. sorry. Yep. But but the lowest, but the key is the lowest that the first, the worst team in basketball can fall in the draft is fourth. They can only yep. fall three spots, okay. maximum. So there's there there are there is a reason that we want the the worst record. I guess. Yeah. No, that that makes sense. Uh, we're staying on the court here, specifically this game is as we got we're in Brooklyn, right? The Pistons are playing against Brooklyn Nets and uh, Kyrie Irving is playing. So for the people that don't know, the, there was the whole vax. The, you guys ever heard of COVID-19? You guys ever heard of the, that virus that was going around? I don't think a it's bit? a virus. I think it's a vaccine. The COVID, yeah, yeah. but the, the original problem was something called oh, COVID-19. Yeah, I, no, I, I have no idea. And then they created a vaccine or th- three vaccines, and okay. it kind of caused like a big thing that a like thing. some Democrats and Republicans were kind of going against each other about like, should we control people yeah. or should we let people be free and stuff like that? Do you guys remember? It was, it was kind of iffy. But in New York specifically, um, <laughs> they they told people <laughs> you, you cannot work unless you're vaccinated is what they they told people in the state of New York. <clears throat> or it might have just been in the city. I don't know. Actually, that's still, that, that still applies. But not for entertainers. Not for entertainers. Oh. Yeah. So that's, that's the new thing is, is – and and if and kind of the I was trying to be funny there it didn't go very yeah. well but anyways with baseball coming back and the Mets and the Yankees the ones with the deep pockets the owners you know you got Steinbrenners and the Cohen um, for the Mets they're like hey this, this ain't happening dude we're not first of all we're not going to tell you if our players are vaccinated second of all if they're unvaccinated they're going to play and finally the city is getting the pushback that they needed, that the NBA was afraid to do, that the Nets were afraid to do, that everybody in the, the whole NBA, and that's really my biggest thing, is the NBA was afraid to do that for their players, and I think that shows a lot about um, just what it takes to, to make this thing go away was the money and the pushback, and that's what the Mets and the Yankees decided to do together, and now you got Kyrie Irving allowed to play, and it's not because all of a sudden things change. It's because it was baseball season. 
And that's what's changing here. And now Aaron Judge is a big name that people are saying is unvaccinated, that wasn't going to be able to play, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. He get pay, gets paid way too much money. And 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 I know Kyle. I think he, he has a. He was. We were talking a little bit about it this weekend, and he was saying that he donated. The Mets owner donated a little bit to the mayor or something like that in his <laughs> campaign. Huh. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, that, I'm going to say. You, Kyle, but you heard it here I first. Heard it yeah. here first. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I just think it. In a way, I sit back and laugh of how easy it was for for the baseball to to fix this issue. Um, but at the same time, it's like I'd be so freaking angry if I was a guy like Kyrie Irving or anybody in, in New York and all these states that have these laws. And and then, like, for the players to not be able to play their game, that would really piss me off. But then, like, uh, now that it's open for them to play, but workers aren't, that's yeah. a no- whole other issue that, like, I think is – I don't know if we want to get too deep into, but it's still just is complete BS that, that they're going to allow. The source, that's the source of the frustration for so many people, right? Yeah. That that's the reason this is a topic of conversation because they're going to let people play basketball, but not on their like they're going to let visiting teams play in New York and play yeah. those games on their court, but not the players from Brooklyn. Like yeah. it makes it makes no sense. There's no logic to some of the decisions that they made. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna have a standard, then own the standard, but don't yep. make it a double standard where you're just and it, it doesn't make sense. And that's exactly what I think the issue is. It's so many double standards. Yeah, all and it still at once. it still is. Now they now entertainers and and athletes can work, uh, but workers can't unless yeah. they're vaccinated. So now now there's just going to be more of an argument. But that that's like the frustrating part of the whole. Like how politicized this has gotten, and yeah. and I guess we can probably just leave it at that. But yeah, before we move on, I did want to uh, give a quick shout out to the hops. Actually, got to read this one because I rewrote it, John. I didn't have you proofread it, so we'll we'll see how this one goes. But I rewrote and, it. And what? What? And and <laughs> oh jeez, uh, Ryan, you can read it for us, all right? No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to remind everyone that the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is serving incredible food and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. Chef Dan's revamped food menu and head brewers, head brewer Ben's rotating taps, wine and ciders make the hops perfect for whatever you have going on from dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, and everything in between. The Ben and Dan duo is putting a ton of their time and energy at making the hops a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. They have Taco Tuesday, Stein Night Wednesday, and some unbelievable specials on Fridays and Saturdays. I highly recommend the following. Uh, or I highly recommend following them on Instagram and Facebook where they share like pictures um, that, I mean, just incredible food and beer pictures that will make your mouth water. The Hops, the Hops, the Hops yes. is the official brewery <laughs> state of my sports in 2022. And if you mention state of my sports, you get a nice little discount off your first beer. Uh, before we move on from that, John, I, we do have, I do want to announce. Th- th- not bad though. No, right? that was amazing though. There's double, double the hops. hops. Double the hops. That's for our. Um, but John, the <laughs> the watch party, um, stream thing there. If you want to, can you show show our, our streamers, our our watch party? Uh, it's not on that. Sorry. Stream. You got to go all the way on the left bottom. Um, we are gonna do a watch party. Hey. For the NFL draft. It is. When? Let's go. Sometime in Sometime July. Sometime in April. <laughs> I think it's the last Thursday in April. It's the like 28th? 24th. 24th? Yeah. There you go. April 24th. We got the draft party. Look at that. I, I made that. You guys like that? I think it looks good. Looks like you made it. Yeah. Where are we doing this? <laughs> All right. So the watch party <laughs> is, Tell me about is it. going to be 
at the hops. We're going to be live streaming from there. So if you can't make it there and drink some of the great beer, we're going to watch the NFL draft. Obviously, the Lions have two picks, number two overall and uh, number 32 overall. It's going to be a fun, long night that we're going to be drinking beer, eating some good food. We'll have some draft specials. And also, they will be releasing... We don't have a name for it yet, but our beer that we're doing, so it's not State of My PA this year. It's a double, so that changes. we got to change the name of it. But we were up with uh, Ben on Saturday a couple weeks ago and and brewing it with him, so that was a good time. Shout out to Ben. So it's going to be States of My's PA? States of My's. Well, the hops, the hops. Oh, the hops, hops. Double. Yeah. State of My's State of My PA. PA. That was a total guess, by the way, that and and thing. <laughs> and, and, and then I did it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. But anyways, that was, uh, yeah, so please put it on your calendars and join us. We want you guys to be part of it. If you can't make it, do the live stream with us. You know, I'm watching this Brooklyn Nets-Pistons game, and I'm kind of starting to feel like we need a guy like uh, Kevin Durant on our team. Cause <laughs> Is he good? Because he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, 31 in the third. That'd be great. He had 31 points in the third quarter? Yeah, he's got 31 right now. Oh, oh not all in the third. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah, sorry. The no. way I said that, I, I get it. You're good. Drinking craft oh. beer. What are you doing? Time. We got our beer introductions. I do this every time. You could have just let that play I know. and then introduced. I'm sorry. No. Awkward. <laughs> what, are we, what, are we dr- <laughs> what are we drinking tonight, guys? Somebody tell me what we're drinking tonight. Micah, Brew Detroit, is that right? That's definitely what it reads. It's from Brew Detroit, and we are drinking corn. Okay, I got a question. Is this Corner Man or Cornerman? Cornerman. Cornerman? Is that the way you would? I would say Cornerman. I would say Cornerman. You, earlier you said Cornerman, which is why I asked the question. Oh, I would say Cornerman. Cornerman. Sure. I thought I would say. Maybe I guess I would say Cornerman. Is it, is it, and also, is it Cornerman Red Ale? Yes. Or is it just Cornerman? The Red Ale. And it's a Red Ale. I, I have no idea. Are they still watching? I think it's the Corner Man <laughs> Red Ale. Yeah. Corner yep. Man yep. Red we Ale. Just, yeah, we just got confirmation live on the chat line. Awesome. Nice. Love it. Thanks. This label is sick. I, it is I cool. I love the label. It is cool. And, yeah, and, and this is awesome. John, we got our beer, go to our beer intro um, stream. Stream you gotta, page. You got to do that. Beer intro stream page. Yeah, so this, the <laughs> off the can, It's a, so it's a 5.2 percenter. It says, pull no punches with this roasty, toasty, full-bodied red ale. Um, I tell you what, I, I like this already. I can't give away any kind of grade, but I'm I'm into this already. Yep, instantly. So I, I've had a lot of red ales, and I don't care for them, and that is the complete opposite with this beer. I'm actually super impressed so far. You don't like red ales? Nope. I, I really? tend I to like them, but they... They can get a little um, like pungent almost, and this is this is smooth. This is really good. Yeah. No, so far so good. But yeah, Blue, Brew Detroit, obviously in Detroit, Michigan. Um, and yeah, this Detail. beer was uh, originally brewed for Andrews on the corner in downtown Detroit. Oh, nice. Oh, really? Yes. Man, cool. thanks for sharing that. Where'd you find that? You're so good, I got John. A, I got an inside source. You got an inside Man. source. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the, it. Love it. I'm really the knows. Adam Schefter of Red Ales. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, Brew Detroit helping out on the comments. Thank you guys so yeah, much. Yeah, thank you very much. And, and, man, it's such a good beer. We'll have to come out there and do an episode one of these days. Maybe uh, 2024 around the draft time. And the picture is Uncle George Andrews, <laughs> uh, amateur boxer from Detroit back in, I believe, like the 1950s, also part of the family who owns Andrews on the Corner. Oh, look at that. Very yeah. cool. Man, that's awesome. It's an iconic, iconic label. It is. It is awesome. It's really cool. I love the colors and all that good stuff. Cheer, it looks cheers like a Red Wings beer, doesn't it? It does. It you does. Know? I like that. I know red's in it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Red Beer's beer. He's pumped. <laughs> hey, why don't you hit that bumper? Drinking craft beer, having no, fun, <laughs> and talking sports in the state of Michigan. <laughs> You're listening to State of My Sports. We are going to talk a little bit about the Detroit Lions and some NFL news. Um, Monday. Well, actually, I want to start with one, one thing first. Was a uh, big-time free agent signing. I, for, I forgot to put this on here. I mean... Big time. Big time. Yeah. Former We're talking first, first, first round. round talent here. <laughs> well, no, that's too far. First round pick. Pick. Not so first round talent. First Jared round. Davis coming yeah. back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Jared Davis. I mean, I don't know if we're the only ones that wanted to pay you, but or if you, this really is someplace you wanted to come. But no, I'm excited that you're coming back. Hoping that this defense can are you Works excited? For you. No, I, w- I want to know Look, your, uh, no, your okay. honest opinion right. about this. Did they ever take his name off the locker? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I mean, they're just re-signing everybody these days. It's not anybody new. No, but all right. The way I look at this is it obviously didn't work in the Patricia <laughs> Patricia regime, regime. And I think it was even before in the previous one. He oh, might have been. Yeah. He might have been he, a draft pick from, yeah. from the previous one. I think so. So it's like. It look, safe bet. He was, he was Dan Quinn, though, right? Quinn, or Bob Quinn? Or Bob Quinn. Dra- was he dra- Bob Quinn's first year? Maybe? Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. But, like, I, 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 the way I look at it, he went to the Jets and, and did okay. We have a massive hole at linebacker. Not anymore. And if we draft one and we can release a guy like this, that's what we do. And it's fine. But if he wants to come in and compete, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. And you can the, the key with him in Detroit is you can remove the first overall or first round pick tag now because I feel like that's what can can hurt people is they're they're like like Akuda for example well he could be a really darn good football player but he'll never live up to the third overall pick you know what I mean so it's like that's where the problem was and and I think that's where the problem was with Jared Davis is it just never panned out to be the stud linebacker the Devin Bushes of the world the the linebacker the Linebackers that change a defense, he was never going to be that. He's not that, and he can come in and not have to be that now. Where in Detroit, if he stayed and he was still had that label label over him, that's going to be the problem. That's where it's really difficult for him to, to succeed. Now, me not knowing the schemes and defenses and stuff, I don't know where he fits. Is he is he more of a middle linebacker in this defense? Is he going to be an end linebacker? Like what, what does he do here? Uh, he definitely will – Probably succeed in the middle more than the other. I mean, they're they're going back to a four three defense this year. That's yep. one thing that's of note. Yeah, and so maybe covering a little less ground as a middle linebacker will really help him. I th- I think what we know about him is that he can hit the hole really hard for for run defense. He f- fills gaps and and you know is is a sure handed tackler. Right, like he doesn't just sit there and miss tackles on a regular basis, but he cannot cover sideline to sideline. He's a big dude, wants to hit it hard. Um, he can he he can rush the quarterback. Yeah, That's like and- what the way this relationship ended with the Lions and and Davis was that we were wishing he would rush the quarterback more because that was. But how he, he was aff- yeah. effective. But it wasn't the fact that he – that's not really what I – and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember it being disappointed that he couldn't rush the, the the quarterback well. It was the fact that he couldn't do anything else. 
and they were trying to put him in coverage the way yeah. Patricia's like, well, my linebacker's going to be able to cover, and he can't cover with a jack. That, no, you're right. So then right, they weren't right. utilizing his talent. So I don't necessarily think like it was his problem that he wasn't rushing the quarterback well. It was just he was asked to do way more than that. And well, that's that's where I was. That's what so, I was saying okay. is that it, it we were at, we as fans wished that he would rush the quarterback oh, more sorry. often. Yep. Okay. Rather than yeah, doing it better. And yep. and I think that with our current linebackers that we have um he's in a, a little bit of a comfort zone with just coming back to detroit mm-hmm. i i did you hear his introductory uh, press conference because to me i re-introductory. really introductory re-introductory yeah <laughs> i i liked it i thought that yeah. he was he was a class act he said you know like last time i, I lived breathed football now i had to find other things in my life that were more important which is family and friends and relationships and and spiritual yeah. um so I, for him, it was important to just come back, and he's like, it feels like home. I feel like this is a new opportunity for me, and I, I'm fine with it. Again, like there's there, this is not a big money commitment type of signing, but it is a capable linebacker that can fill a gap if he needs to, and can also be another one of these good locker room type of of athletes that can lead other people in the locker room. No, right? no, I, I think you're exactly right, and that's that's going to be really interesting to see. And, and kind of turning into the next topic here, he's going to be fun to watch on Hard Knocks. So that was the biggest thing that happened, or not the biggest. With but former college teammate Anzalone, too. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't Florida, know that. Florida linebackers. Oh, that's cool. Um, but it was announced on Monday um, that the Detroit Lions will be featured on Hard Knocks. We talked about this, I think, probably you know, couple, several months ago that this was probably going to happen. You know, it was they're, they're, they were the one of three teams, I think, that couldn't say no. Yep. And I, I have a feeling it was kind of a, a match made in heaven for HBO and Dan NFL Campbell. and the Lions. It's like, no, like, let's, let's show us, let's show this, this world, like, that, how different we are. And, and I'm so excited to watch this. I've never watched Hard Knocks, which is weird because I'm a big, big sports guy. I love, love watching documentaries, all, all that stuff. I've never gotten into it personally. Uh, but this one I'm going to be, I think they come out on Sundays, right? So I'll probably be Sunday night, whatever it is, released, and I'll be watching live. And I, I can't wait for it. I really can't. Yeah, It's going to be really cool. Um, and it, it, I just want to know like who you guys think is going to be the one that steals the show. And I should probably say outside of Dan Campbell um, because I think that's obvious <laughs> that it, the way that this guy is. I, I'm interested to see if he's even – like Personality-wise? I'm interested to see if he's smarter than he puts on in his interviews and is smarter than the the media, national media, makes him out to be. You know what I mean? They kind of make him the, the oh, whatever, like, oh, like not really caring and just a goofball type, type uh, mentality. He wouldn't have got this job if that was who he is only. He's got to have some kind of upside. And that's what I'm really excited to see is, is what kind of upside – um, does he have it? Is he is he a creative mind offensively? You know what I mean. Like how how in depth is he with with the the, the true X's and O's? Because he was one that said Ryan, you love to bring up. He's not an X's and O's guy. He's the leader of men. Well, he better be more X's and O's guy than what they put on. And I want to see it on this these episodes of Hard Knocks. What are you guys thinking about about this? Like, what are you guys' first thoughts? I mean, I think Dane Campbell could absolutely steal the show just with it the character that they want to turn him into. Yeah. They they can. They can edit and use whatever footage they want to use. Yeah, so that's I think true. I think he definitely could end up being that. I think Jeffrey Okuda could also be a storyline just with, yeah. with the pressure of trying to live up to that you know third overall pick. 
uh, and and him coming back from the injury and everything else, like that could be an intriguing storyline that they latch onto. Um, from the offensive side, who's the the wide receiver we just signed? From? Uh, DJ Chark. I think DJ Chark could be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know much about him off the field. Like, is, is he have a big personality? He's, I, I don't. He's know. got a big personality. Does That's, he? Okay. Yeah. Just the stuff that I lo- I've just started learning about him. It's like, yeah. okay, he's he loves the cameras. He wants oh, to be flashy. Be he wants to catch those you know deep touchdown passes. Yeah. Hawkinson could be another interesting guy too, just with like the crazy long hair. Yeah. The kind of bro attitude. The tight end. <laughs> the yeah. tight end bro yeah. kind of attitude. Yeah, yeah, like that. Those are all storylines that I expected to be seen. Yeah, Michael. I mean, what stands out to you here? Is there someone that you're interested to see who they're actually like? I I was going to mention T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah. He he just seems like that that cool fun personality. Um. I, I don't know him, but you know maybe we can get to know him. I got a bobblehead up in the in my bedroom, <laughs> there in my go. kids' bedrooms. <laughs> there you go, John. What? Like, wh- who's st- sorry? But go ahead, Ryan. Where no, you no, go ahead, John. John, like, who stands out to you? I mean, as soon as the announcement was made, I looked online at other articles surrounding the Detroit Lions, and I found some guy from Detroit talking about bringing in DK Metcalf from the Seattle Seahawks prior to draft day. <laughs> I'm like, man, this this would only make sense for him to get on the hard knock. So, like, if that happens, we got a downfield weapon. But uh, if you're talking about somebody on the team, I don't know. I'd like to see him on St. Brown kind of take over a little bit of the spotlight, too. He had a had a big year, young guy, full of energy. Um, but like you said, Hawkinson would be cool to see, like, open up, um, especially on that kind of platform where it's on the field and in conversation, probably in the film room. They go over all that stuff. But he's a hardworking guy blue-collar guy. He's putting his work. Let's see what he's got before we give him a big old contract. You, in the you, you know what? Jamal Williams. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, my he, God. There's a good chance he steals the show. That's that dude has got some – if he's on the team. Yeah, Mike. I talk, feel like he yeah. could be a, a cut candidate personally, but he would be – I don't think so. I don't think no? so. No? I think if you draft a running back, you could hey, you're a team guy. from him. No, but, but that's he, a good point. The real answer to this is probably the, f- the, the second, second overall, overall pick, pick, something like that. Second overall, or, or new quarterback in the draft, so, or so I want to name guys. No, I'm just kidding. No, one that stands out to me, and Kayvon, I just had my my head. Oh, Jared Goff. I'm really interested to see him. So this is actually gonna be his third time on on Hard Knocks. Oh man, it's so boring. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> He's a boring. No, but do you ever listen to his interviews on uh, 97.1 The Ticket? Just the boring ones. Yeah, so I don't. I don't listen to any of his interviews. But we got a listener, a, a longtime listener of the show, Carrie's drinking Obron tonight because she missed out last week. Just oh, had to throw that in before that very, conversation. Very very good. Look at very that. Very good. Nice. That was that was just professional jump in there. I like yeah. that. That was really good. Give me that Didn't drop board. We'll get this thing going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but um, deal. Well, but yeah, Jared Goff will be be interesting to me, and the kind of the quarterback room. I think like a the David Blau and Tim Boyle thing. Like the quarterback room in general is kind of a interesting cast of characters. Really, I, that I, I think wasn't kind of interesting at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ryan, I'm just saying. Like I like Jared like Goff, man. Boring I don't know. Group. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. I'm I don't think there's really a more like boring it. quarterback room in the NFL. In my opinion, I bet you there are a lot of boring quarterback rooms in the NFL, <laughs> like Washington. There's do, no do they way have a quarterback room? <laughs> no, it's just one of them yeah, <laughs> made, up, made up of tight ends it's and wideouts. Yeah, the defensive <laughs> lineman took that room over. <laughs> Taysom Hill walking into the Saints quarterback room on accident. Like, wait, wait am I still here? Or wait, no, huh? Oh, <laughs> I don't bye. know. Am I a tight end today, <laughs> or am I a quarterback? Sorry. 
Hard knocks. <laughs> you, you don't even know, but I don't know. I'm really, really excited to kind of get in depth of one of our teams, and I'm just so nervous that they're gonna make us look like a bunch of dopes. You know what I mean? Like, what? Because they can, and they can manipulate the film, like you were kind of talking about, and make Dan Campbell look like such a tool. Nope. They and, can, and, and you know if what they I think. Want to. You know I what? hope they don't. I I feel good about the Lions just because of the assistant coaches. Like I I believe in this coaching staff as a whole. I really do. Yeah. I believe in all of the the assistant coaches. I believe in our coordinators, and I don't think that we will end up looking a certain way. That's just like embarrassing. Right. I don't I don't think that's going to happen with this coaching staff. I, I hope you're right, and, and that and we've already seen it in the Senior Bowl a little bit. They they did a great job hosting the Senior Senior Bowl. They were performing in front of the cameras, but also leading these like young men through the process. And I think we're only going to see more of the same from the coaches. Uh, it was also announced on Monday that the city of Detroit will get the 2024 NFL Draft. Ooh, that is Holy close. Yeah, smoke. where's our draft music? Come on now. Nope. I guess the so who is who, uh, no nope, wrong one. I gotta. I really should give you the. You want the drop board? No. no. Lions take. <laughs> not, I was gonna say Kyle's gonna pipe Lions in here. The Lions select JJ McCarthy. <laughs> hey, twenty twenty four. Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean that, that's pretty cool, right? I mean, it, super cool. I mean, so it's gonna be mid June, late July, right? That's when the draft is usually. So great weather, in Michigan. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. it'll be it'll be April, obviously the end of April, and that's I think the biggest concern is how you're going to do it. You have a lot of these outdoor facilities rolling. Um, I think Chicago was outside and it was pouring out, um, but they kind of fought through it and they made it made a pretty good product out there. Cleveland had a draft there, I think. Oh um, uh, yeah, I think or is theirs this year? I don't know, it might be this year. But anyways, it's like they're they're okay with going to cold weather sil- facility or cities, I should say, and. Um, I mean, this is a big deal, and luckily you got you know two years to kind of get ready for it, and that's what I'm really curious about is what the city of Detroit's going to do pre- to prepare for this because they got a lot of work to do. Now, it's not the rundown city that we're all used to, at least in that area. Um, it's doing pretty well, but they need to build it up and and kind of get this stuff rolling. They were talking um, more about than they are. They were talking about using Fox Theater. They were talking about potentially using Little Caesars Arena. Yeah, um, some just some of the obvious you know attractions around the city. Yeah, I'm um, sure they'll they possibly did I hear something about the casino too? Were they thinking about using the casino uh, for something? Probably for parking. <laughs> That's my only thought. But you you don't think they'd use Hart Plaza and Woodward? I like, think Hart Plaza. I think Hart Plaza is the the main. Uh, part and then they're going to okay. use the other sections for like later on in the draft maybe some extra um like uh concerts and stuff like that i think they're talking yeah. about using little Caesars arena for that okay um i think it's just going to be kind of an all hands on deck type thing yeah it'll be fun to see the way the city can um kind of stick up like come together you know because it's going to take more than just the lions organization it's going to take a lot more than the illich is putting a bunch of money into this thing it's going to be a, a lot of a lot of people pulling in the same direction and, and making this this thing right. I think, and the, I, I think they can do a really good job. Well, I think the Lions said it best. Now at this point, they they made the pitch. They were selected. So now it goes to the the what the committee or something like that for the the city commission, right? Yeah. And then the NFL is going to be working with them. So at this point, okay. the Lions 
have a little hand in it, but they're mostly removed, and, and now it's up to the city working with the NFL. Gotcha. No, I mean, I guess that's good to, good to hear that it's not necessarily on the Lions to, to put it all together because obviously they got a draft to worry about. But, I mean, it's gonna be real, that's going to be a really fun time. So, like, there's always been April in the D, like when the Red Wings are good, Pistons were good. Yeah. Well, Tigers getting kicked off. I mean, Pistons will be in the playoffs that year. Red Wings will be in the playoffs for the first time in 100%. a long time. It's the you got the, about the, time. The, the the Tigers will be raising a championship banner. I mean, this is going to be a big deal in April. Look at that! I love and, it. <laughs> and this is going to be so fun. And the Lions are going to have the thirty-second overall pick because they're just coming off a Super Bowl win, right? Uh, no, it's because they traded Ooh. for that. They traded for it. Yeah, they traded. They traded for. The, they traded for with a team that ended up winning the Super Bowl again. They probably, oh, they, they probably had too. <laughs> they probably had too many players get caught uh, gambling on sports, so then yeah. they had to forfeit all those wins and then drop down to the bottom <laughs> of the that, barrel. So they the ended up like tank for the first overall pick. Yeah. Yeah. Calvin Ridley's a repeat offender. <laughs> yeah, Calvin Ridley's. Yeah, they're like, uh, hey, how about a first round pick? They're like, how about a close to second round? They're like, deal. Let's I, do that. I definitely think we all got to go to the draft, right? Is that? Yeah, I, I think Brew Detroit said that they would host us for yeah. for the uh, watch party. I want to have a beer with uh, Todd. <laughs> yeah, Todd <laughs> McShay. Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I already got my press pass. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, I'm I'm down to go. Like we got to make this thing happen. State of my sports. Press State pass? of my sports press pass. Hundred percent. By this this time, two years from now, we'll be. You guys, this will be our full-time jobs, guys. If you I start now and email every day, I think we have a chance. <laughs> I could fit this soundboard in a backpack, no yeah, problem. Oh, yeah. Well, I got the, I, I put it in the luggage. You, have you ever seen the, the suitcase I put it in? Yeah, it, we taking the van? We'll take the minivan, put all the seats down, hook up the PlayStation. You guys Dang. can play the video games. I'll drive. This is going fun. Yeah, we're going to have a good Road time. Road trip. Get it on your calendars now, guys. 2024. I'll let my wife know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, really, it's the second biggest sporting event, really, you can get outside of the Super Bowl. And... Obviously, Detroit had that with Ford Field, and, the, and they're probably not going to get another one unless they have another field. But this is a big deal, and it's just it's it's a good opportunity for Detroit to kind of they're on the come up, you know. All of these teams are, and this is going to be it's going to be really fun. great time for it. Um, Sorry, I'm distracted. I'm watching the Pistons battle with the Nets right now. This is back and forth. If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority. But we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! This is State of My Sports. So we're going to stay talking about some NFL. And one thing that we talked about, I mean, several episodes ago was the, the wide receiver pre-combine rankings. Yes. Um, we're getting really close to the draft. Where are we? <clears throat> four weeks from now, roughly? Three months. Three months? Yeah. Four weeks. Four weeks. Um to the draft and it's time to really start digging into this thing so what we're going to start doing is um ranking some of the the most important positions not necessarily just for the lions but just in this draft in general um and we're going to start with the the wide receivers um ryan you kind of spearheaded this one with, with giving us your rankings we're going to talk all together um but what, do, what when you go into these rankings are you looking more at the combine are you looking more at what you saw on the field and in, in during college or watching film and like picking up little things like what, what stands out to you the most when you're when you're digesting all this stuff it's a it's a combination first I, I did watch a lot of film on all these guys leading into the combine and so that's where I had my rankings established but that's also relative to things that are unknown that some things that you are not necessarily measurable against other people yep. so the combine is just a great way of comparing so it's not necessarily telling you everything you need to know about that wide receiver but or, or athlete in general, but it is 
putting it into perspective a little bit. So if it looks like a guy's flying on the field and then he runs a 4-3-3 40-yard dash, it's like, okay, well, he's flying it on makes the field. Sense. Yeah, yeah, the dude is a track star. So I, for me, it's a combination of both. I do not live and die by the draft or, or by the combine. Sorry. I, do, I don't. Absolutely not. But, it, again, I use it to confirm what I see in, in film. Yeah. And then, you know, that's my starting point. No, that, that makes sense. So um, before we get into your top five, and do you want to give the – do you want to do the honorable mention at the end? So you're not giving away who didn't make your top yeah, five? Yeah, I think so. All right, let's do that. There, uh, there might be some names that surprise people in this. Yeah, all right. So whenever you're, you're ready, like, let's get into your top five wide receivers. Yeah, let's start with number five. I have uh, in the wide receivers, I have Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State at number five. This might be a little surprising that he is at number five. And I will say this before I go any further. I will say the gap between number one and number five is really not that big in my mind. I think a lot of these guys are pretty close. I think Garrett Wilson at number five is is a true threat of a wide receiver. He is worthy of a first-round pick, in my opinion. I think uh, maybe even six, possibly even seven of these guys could be first-round talent in the draft. Uh, I think the wide receivers are that deep. I don't – So I guess I'll just leave it at that. So – Garrett Wilson, number five, six foot, 183 pounds. Um, I just think the overall physical ability of what I saw with Garrett Wilson is is it maybe is not exactly what people compare him to. So a lot of his comps are are bigger wide receivers. Yeah, and he he's not a big wide receiver. No, he's not six foot. Yeah, six yeah. Fit zero. Like it, yep. he, that's exactly what he measured. He did run a four three eight forty yard dash. 36 inch vertical and 123 broad jump and i just think that he is a good athlete he's not special he's not elite in any of those i think his 40 yard dash is a little bit faster um than than what i see on film yeah uh, i don't think he actually runs a 438 in on the field okay. you know down yeah. the field. I think a lot of if you w- go watch a lot of his film, he breaks away from the defenders, but it, a lot of it's scheme oriented. So he ends up one on one with a safety where he runs right by us. Well, yeah, it was it was just a safety that was playing in the box. Do you have a comp for him? Or is he kind of a, one of those harder ones? Like in my head I always think Michael Thomas. That's who he he kind of reminds me of, and I don't know why. I don't is it body? I, I have no idea. My my comp for him is actually Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, okay. but but he is a scaled down version of Justin Jefferson in every sense. Okay, he's a little slower. He's not as quick. He's not as physical. He doesn't. He's not as good as, at the contested catch balls. Yeah. Even though he's got good hands, but he drops a little bit more. I just I I I think he's a Justin Justin Jefferson type, but he just is. But one a thing that Justin Jefferson does really well is his route running, right? Yeah, and that's probably something that. Garrett Wilson, we don't really know enough about his route running. His, in in my opinion, he's a little slow out of his breaks. Okay. So when he is running his routes, a lot of the times when he's open, he has a good feel of of finding the the space on the field. But he's not one on one beating a cornerback because he had a, an explosive first step or he he threw him to the wrong side of the ball and then he like got the edge with his with his body. Like he, I just didn't, I was not very impressed with the perfection of the routes. He didn't set it up so great. I just think he ran the route that he was assigned to run and at Ohio State with the talent that you have around him yeah. and the schemes that they set him up with, he was open a lot. And I think we should say again, this isn't downgrading 
him as a as a wide receiving talent in this NFL. Yeah. You said before, I mean, it's there's potentially seven wide receivers that are first-round talent. He yep. fits that. So we're going to talk negative about him just to kind of prove that why he's number five, and we'll get into to like more as we go. But very good talent, very good wide receiver, going to go in the first round even though he's number five. Yeah, and, and the last thing I think he just kind of – is maybe uh, not elite at is making guys miss. So when I saw him get the balls over the over the middle, he did he go over the middle? Yes. Did he make the catch? Yes. But then I didn't see him consistently adding a lot of extra yards. So once he got hit, he was going down. Okay. And so that's one where I'd look and see. I just you either got to make guys miss, you got to run past them, or you have to start breaking some tackles. And and I just didn't see any th- three on a consistent basis. All right. Moving on to your number four. Number four. Wide receiver. Number four is an interesting choice here. I don't think many people would have him. And I actually, this is a result of me looking back at his combine. Okay. And I'm just kind of dragging this out. But I'm looking at his combine and thinking, oh, wait, I think I need to re-look at this guy and actually give him a chance to prove himself on on the field. Uh, This is Alec Pierce, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. Is it a little bit of a Cooper Cup effect? Or no? Okay, so that you <laughs> you bring up a good point, but my comps for him are Jordy Nelson and Cooper Cup. Okay, and I think he's got the overall speed and big body ability and downfield catchability as a Jordy Nelson. But I see some comparisons with the way his feet can just chop down and like break a route down and and get pass somebody and jump to the side and and beat a press coverage. I see that kind of ability against. Or that Cooper Cup does on a regular basis, so I think he's a kind of a perfect mixture of those two. And and let's let's look at some of the measurables here with Alec Pierce. And and I have his forty time down as four four one. That's not true. He ran a four three three forty and yard was dash. Was that in his, his pro day? It, uh, no, I think it was at at the combine. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know where this number came in, and I couldn't I couldn't copy and paste in a good way. But yeah, this is he's a freak of an athlete. Six foot three inches, uh, two hundred eleven pounds. He has. He had a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical, again, a 4-3-3, uh, 40-yard dash, and a 129 broad jump. This this is everything that I was kind of expecting and hoping Garrett Wilson to be. Okay. This kind of a freak athlete, big body, run past. When you watch his film, he runs past cornerbacks all the time. Like okay. nobody stays in front of him. Hmm. And I, I think he's just underrated. And, and what actually what I saw is Desmond Ritter – I actually thought a little less of Desmond Ritter as I saw some of the throws. Alec Pierce was wide wide open, open. beat the entire defense, ran past safeties on a regular basis, and had to come back to the ball because the ball was not thrown far enough. Yeah, I'm really interested about him. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look back at kind of the the big games that he was in. So they played Notre Dame. They played Cincinnati. They played Notre Dame. They played, obviously, in the, the, the playoff against Alabama. Alabama. I'm really curious to see what kind of stuff he did again in those two high-end c- opponent games, you know what I mean? Um that's that for me is is what's going to seal the deal on on this type of player. And and four, you don't see that. This could potentially be a like in your opinion, a top 5 wide receiver mid third round potential. Cuz you don't see him very high in, in a lot of no. mock drafts. Or do you think he's going to skyrocket? I think he's going to skyrocket because okay. he had a great combine. So he, okay. pro- he proved the athlete that everybody kind of knew that he was, right. but then he put it on paper, and people are going to open their eyes to it. He gets he gets 
a lot of flack for not being a great route runner. I just don't see that. When I look at what he shows on the field, he was expected to run down the field on a regular basis, so that's what he did a lot. Right. But when he uh, when he does break down to the sideline or when he goes across the middle, I think those routes are crisp. He goes in and out of breaks, and I have him at number four. And I and I inside, I almost want to make him even higher because I'm really I'm I'm high on him. Very nice. All right, so moving on to number three. Number three wide receiver in my rankings, I have Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. This dude's a baller, man. This is the I feel like a darling, a, a combine darling that people are like looking back at me like, how is this a combine darling? Because he, you look at his film, and That's, he's an absolute stud. I when I and I've been talking about absolute this guy stud. for months, right? Yeah. Because the first time I saw, I always I always will search for like the best wide receiver nobody's heard of, and there's really good videos that just kind of show highlights. But when I saw his tape, I couldn't believe how fast he looked like he just ran by everybody and not only that but his ability to just find the open space and navigate through he runs like a running back through defenses it's crazy but big body he's listed here six four in the combine he was listed as six five 208 pounds um big hands big old hands yeah 10 and an eighth inch hands which are bigger than my hands even i have 10 inch hands Mm, must be nice. When's the last time you measured your hands? I just did it. I don't it. know if I've ever measured Every my hands. combine, I come back. I'm like, what, what, what was that number again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, um, but he ran a 4.36 40-yard dash, 38.5 vertical jump, um, 136 broad jump. And this is something with the broad jump, 136. That's an incredible number. And it shows that like elite, explosive cutting ability that can jump side to side or or beat your defender right off the bat in press coverage. If he gets a free release, he can run by anybody. Does he create separation pretty good? <clears throat> I guess yeah. what like I mean in against in a North Dakota State type schedule, yes. Do you think he can do it in the NFL? I think he can. Yeah. I, I see his feet and he does not have slow feet. He has quick choppy steps he can right. break down out of his route um i he stands up tall a little bit too much he could probably get a little bit lower out of his brakes and everything uh, but if you watch him go across the middle which he wasn't asked to do very often if you watch him break down to the outside and really if you watch him with the ball in his hands and how electric he is running through a defense he's he's not just a straight line runner he can cut side to side he can break himself down i think he's way more agile than than he gets credit for and, and that's what people say is a weakness of his and i just don't see it on the film so who does he remind you of so i was trying to find comps for him and this is really hard because he's not any one of these guys so i have four comps that i kind of wrote down i see randy moss just with some straight line speed in the big body him yep vincent jackson another tall guy tall okay. body that i think can win those contested Catch guys. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Mike Evans. He died? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Vincent Jackson. Oh, prayers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll just keep going. Yeah. I mean, he won me a fantasy football championship one year. I can't complain. <laughs> yeah. If, if, yeah, if you don't, if you don't remember mind. how good he was, forget my, go. Forget my thoughts and prayers. He won his championship. Go back and look at Vincent Jackson. <laughs> his life. Oh, he, was a, he was a beast. Yeah. Well, Philip Rivers. Oh, man. Dominant Filled for life a while. there. <laughs> Holy Given God. John is is his uh oh man fantasy football title he fulfilled all of his dreams before he passed oh. away he helped yeah I'm yeah. not comfortable with this <laughs> it's getting awkward yeah keep I'll going. keep going Mike Evans 
I just think again, I'm trying to find like big body comps that that has decept- deceptive speed down the field. So Mike Evans, another one. Um, I think Mike Evans is way better at going up and getting the ball at a high point. Okay, and, and obviously Mike Evans is Mike elite, Evans is elite the, at that. One of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then Mike Wallace. You guys remember Mike Wallace out of. Uh, the Steelers, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then went to Miami for a little while, I think. Yeah, the, it was the awful. Ravens. Uh, yeah, he bounced around. Yeah, but what he did great was just run straight down oh. the field and catch the, the the you know the basket style catch. Um, I think, I think those four guys kind of show to me his ability to run with the ball in his hands, run down the field and be a downfield threat, obviously, but use his big body to make those catches. The the one downside i see in christian watson is that i don't think he actually attacks the ball when it's in the air okay he lets his legs do all the work and then he just catches the ball and and cornerbacks have an opportunity to go up and deflect it yeah so i would like to see him go he'll back have, to the ball have to and learn go up high to get it in yeah. the nfl all right so number two the number two overall nfl draft prospect i've got chris olave out of ohio state okay six foot which so, a lot of people, sorry, but a lot of people have Garrett Wilson ahead of Chris Olave. Yeah, they do. I just, Tell us why why you like Chris Olave. I don't. So much. I don't know what film they're looking at. I I think Chris Olave to me is he just has an elite route running ability, and so I don't think I don't think Garrett Wilson is, is at man. I can't talk. I don't think he's elite at any one thing. I think he's really good at some things, and I think he's average in in a lot of things too. And I think. Chris Olave has elite route running ability and elite ability also to find space in the field. So he is he just always seems to be open. I think two years in a row as a sophomore and a junior, he led college football in in uh, separation. Okay. In just space in all of his routes. They would just rank all of his routes and see on a regular basis how often is he open. He was open more than any other corner, uh, wide receiver in college football for mm-hmm. two years. Yeah. So I think – he also is is a speedster. He ran a four three nine. He only ran one time. The clock, the unofficial clock, said four two nine, I believe, or somewhere really low. Whoa! So he declined to run to run a second time. And then when the formal results came back, everybody said, "Oh, he could have done better." Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. So I he's got a thirty two one thirty two inch vertical jump. So that this also shows a lack of elite explosiveness. But that's what we see on the field. We see a buttery smooth route runner who just goes wherever he wants and, and is deceptive in everything that he does. And, and so that's that's kind of what I'm hanging my hat on with him. And also he does not ever drop a football. I feel he – it doesn't matter where he is. He has a great ability to contort his body and make the difficult catches and sometimes even make him look really easy. So – Who who are your, your uh, NFL comps with him? My comps for him are uh, – Stefan Diggs, which I just think is like it shows the the easiness or the ease of movement that yeah. he has and the ability to just run past people. Um, and his legs look like a blur, but his upper body is really smooth and slow. And, and he catches everything. Controlled and he catches everything. Uh, Terry McLaurin out of Ohio State. That's or an interesting one. With yeah. Washington. Yeah. Uh, he, very, very similar body size. I think they use their bodies a little bit differently. He's a he's a guy that's been missing out on having an elite quarterback. Oh, Absolutely. I yeah. think he's a great route runner, and he could do big things with a really good quarterback. And then Devontae Smith. I think okay. the, the Devontae Smith thing is me watching them run 
and I just see his legs and the how quick the turnaround is with his legs and the ease again of the route. I think where the deception comes in, if you if you look like you're running hard, then the cornerbacks can start turning and they they can like read what you're doing yeah. from as early as possible yep. and with a guy like Chris Olave you never know how hard he's actually trying to run so you don't know if he's going on the deep post or the or the out on the sideline or going to just turn around and make it a simple button hook yeah so, I, I do like Chris Olave I think he's going to be gone before the Lions have a chance obviously late in the the fir, uh, first round but I, I think he could slip I think he's one of these guys yeah. that could be there at the end of the first round keep an eye on that and uh, number one here we go you got hold any on, guesses hold on, hold on. yep Oh well, you've got the two sheet. Well, we have the sheet, so number Did, one. Any comment? Guesses? I haven't no. seen it. <laughs> oh, you haven't? No. Who's your guess? Traylon Burks. Jameson Williams. Really? Wide receiver out of Alabama. Alabama. You changed your tune. Tune I'm telling changer? you, the the, the <laughs> combine you can't do that. The combine really changed my opinions about some of these guys. I did not see what I thought I would see with the numbers, uh, with Trey Burke specifically. But back to Jameson Williams. If you watch his film, he I He's so good. He runs by everybody. He, I'm trying to think of who he reminds me of. He just he's so good. You know, I, he's, he's so hard, polished. Yeah, he's hard to even come up with he a comp catches for. In he, contested catches are absolutely insane with this guy. Uh, way underrated. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. That that's the difference. In field presence, I think, is is another thing that doesn't get brought up enough for wide receivers. This guy seems to have it. Like you've seen some of the the highlights. Obviously, are highlights, but some of the catches that this guy makes and getting feet down are it just blows your mind. And I think his. His physical ability is actually extremely underrated. This is a special teams player that always wanted to be on the field and would make spectacular tackles, you know, as like the best player in your team and a Heisman finalist possibility at the time. And, he, you know, he's like still playing special teams and making tackles and just like going over the middle without a care in the world. I, I think his personality and the way he approaches the game is unique pairing with his special athletic ability and and obviously his biggest trait is his speed i don't know we he didn't run at the combine right he's tore his acl in the championship game so we're not gonna hold that against him um i don't think acl injuries are the same as what they were in the past so i think he can fully recover and not lose what made him special and my comps with him are tyreek hill just because of the elite speed and then Devontae Smith because of his ability again for those his legs are just moving with no effort at all and then and then he has like a sixth gear that when he starts to look like he's running fast, he is running really fast. <laughs> and, and nobody's even close anymore. Yeah. Like he has tape there. He runs by four defenders. Against really good defense. Where, they have, where they have the angle on him. Yeah. So who does he remind you the most of in, in the NFL? I already said. but Oh, sorry. I'll, I missed that. I'll do the Devontae Smith again, just again for the ease of his movements and everything. And then Tyreek Hill where I think this is – Tyreek Hill is the comp for me because I think he has – um, special, unique ability with his speed, game-breaking speed that can change the way defenses have to react to you. So so not only do I think he's the best wide receiver in the class, Jameson Williams, but I think he could also have the biggest impact on the 
on the rest of the team because now safeties have to play over the top. Now he demands the attention of the best corner all the time. Yeah. Now defenses are scheming around him where Amon Ross St. Brown and some of these other guys, whoever ends up drafting him, but the, the secondary players are going to have free reign over the field because nobody's paying attention. How, how much do you think the NFL looks at this ACL injury when it comes to a first round pick? Like it, can he fall in this draft because of the injury? I like I know that's I'm gonna answer it, but at the same time I'm asking it like high in the draft you got a bunch of teams that aren't ready to win and will take a risk on that guy. But then you have you know the let's say the twenty to thirty two obviously the Lions aren't aren't involved, but like a lot of teams that were in the playoffs late playoff run teams that need like someone to perform right here right now can't have a year of waiting. Can he fall from if he falls out of the like let's say top seventeen? Could he fall all the way down to the second round, or is it more or less somebody's going to trade up? Like, what what do you kind of see with a guy coming off this type of injury? It's so late in a, a, a college season, too. It is, yeah. I don't I don't think the injury is viewed in the same light as it used to be. I, it, yeah. There were a lot of unknowns before. They've gotten so good at these surgeries, and they 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 use all kinds of new techniques and everything. People are coming back from their ACL injuries in six seven months. Sometimes. A lot of times they're they're projecting eight months for a recovery, and that would be like an average time, and it, that could be accelerated if they work really hard and everything works out. So, no, I don't think it impacts NFL teams as much as it could. I do think there is some impact where he might have been a top ten pick before, and now he's somewhere closer into the twenties. Um, but if he starts to fall too late in the first round. I guarantee you he's going to be a big name that other teams look to maybe trade back into the conversation for, maybe back into the first round, or they, they I don't know, start pairing picks together or whatever. But I, he's going to be a target. I don't think there's any chance he falls out of the first round. All right, so sorry. Uh, a couple Noob. names that uh, were not on your, your top five that I think are on most people's top five. Yeah. Drake London. Yep. First one that stands <clears throat> out to me. Not even on your top five list. Is there, I, and I, I think I kind of know your answer on Drake. There's something about him that you don't like. Can you tell us why he wasn't on, on your top five? Yeah. He does have a special ability, and it's his 50-50 ball. But my problem with Drake London is if every single ball is a 50-50 ball, then I'm sorry, but you need to be a better receiver than that. Like I want, okay. I, th- I think he lacks the explosion and athletic ability and speed to separate. So people are not scared of that you can put a cornerback on and then every single time it's going to be a competitive contested catch scenario and and I do think he is the best prospect to come out in several years in the contested catch realm um I think he is absolutely elite in that with his with that trait I just don't think that translates to the NFL like it may have used may have used to in the past it does but only with elite quarterbacks and well, there's and probably in the four or five elite quarterbacks in the league right now yeah it if he scores eight touchdowns next year, that wouldn't surprise me. I think he could go yeah. to the right situation, and he could be a great red zone threat. He'd be a great fit for, like, the, the Packers. Yeah, but what I'm thinking in the as a top-five wide receiver, you need to be the whole package. You cannot be one-dimensional, and to me, it's just too one-dimensional. Okay, and another one that I've kind of – I've fallen in love with Traylon Burks. Not in your top five. I was a little disappointed to see that. Yeah. Why? I fell in love with him too. Was it combine related? When I yes, when I saw his film, I thought he was a four three type of wide receiver. I thought he was going to be a six foot three, uh, heavy dude. You know, like two hundred and twenty, two hundred thirty pounds, 
and all muscle and everything, and then just have this elite speed that would run a four three. And it, it just didn't. I didn't see it. And then I also saw him without pads on, and I'm like, oh, he's he's a little soft looking. <laughs> okay. He's not like a. He doesn't have a great uh, like uh, chiseled body or anything like that. I don't know. I guess I don't know what I was expecting, except that I didn't see the elite athleticism I thought I would see. Okay. So he ran a four five five forty yard dash. He had something like a, a 32 inch vertical or something. And 455 for normal people is an incredible number. But when we're talking like top five wide receivers, yeah. he, he looks to me, he's more of a gadget player now. Now he fits into like a, you can run reverses with him. He Could he end up being a Debo Samuel? I don't think so. I don't think he has as much. Four man's Debo Samuel, if you Yeah, will. maybe like the, the quickness, like the first steps, two step ability was just lacking overall. And, and I didn't expect to see that, but that's what I saw. I'm sorry. But then I go back and look at the film and I see, oh, you know what? He actually starts making these plays. He gets a running head start, and that's what makes him look elite. Okay. And and I didn't see like the one step quickness that I that I thought I'd see. Interesting. I think it'll catch up to him in the NFL a little bit. Still could be great. If you use him right, he could actually absolutely be a big contributor to you. Yeah, and, and and you kind of mentioned, you know, seven wide receivers will be top, like could be first round talent yeah, guys yeah, that absolutely. have the potential to be. Um, it just kind of depends on where where they land. Oh wow, Cade must have had a second half, huh? Man, he came back. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Thirty. Thirty-four points. Twenty-nine points in the second half. He had five. So he had so five yeah. in the first half. Yeah, Man, yeah. that's that's impressive. Um, couple, John, yeah, yeah, a couple, yeah, couple yeah, comments so, coming sorry, in. Sorry, yeah. One slipped in after uh, we moved on from topics, but we got a comment from Jack. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> right, bud? Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He's allergic. He's allergic to the He's name. He's allergic. To the chat, yeah. He hates uh, these names. Ned's, Ned's Zelski. Ned Zelski, okay. I don't know. I've never heard of her. Nedelkovich? Yeah. Close, yeah. Jackie, what does Jackie have to say? Well, she just asked, uh, it, do we think the Lions will do good this coming year? Yeah, this coming year. What's I guess it good? depends on your de- definition of good. If good is better than last year, then yes. Yeah. Well, I, I responded for for us all collectively, but if the Lions make the playoffs this year, it'll exceed our expectations, right? I mean, there you they, go. Yeah, they well could said. contend for a wild card position maybe, potentially, but I think they my can, hopes aren't that high I yet. think they can based on like how bad Chicago and the Vikings could be. Um, and then somebody's got to be halfway decent in the division. Obviously, we're not going to win the division, Um but yeah, I mean, bears I, are going to be bad. I really want to see what they do in this draft because the off the 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 uh, the the free agent signings weren't weren't enough for me to be like, yeah, we can contend for that extra pl- uh, wild card yet. I'm not I'm not there yet. No, they didn't break the bank um, for free agents. But I I think this team's better than what the record was last year, and. It's just they just got to do it, I guess. I don't know. We had one other comment too, uh, talking about wide receivers. Our top five list that yeah, Ryan presented yeah. was uh, Carrie commented uh, a comp to Jameson Williams, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, a, a comp in the NFL, uh, a favorite comp of Sam's actually. Not not a wide receiver though, uh, but a comp of Joe Burrow because. Punchable it face? sounds like he's got a punchable face. <laughs> I don't know if it was just she, the, player, based on the, picture. the player profile picture. The picture Jameson Williams? Yeah, let's, let's the bring picture. that one back go, up. Go back yeah, to, go back to the picture. He's kind of got Jam- that shrug going on, I mean, on, in I the, the picture, I get it. I mean, I get it. Yeah, I, I, I like it. Di- yeah. Different than the picture on the show sheet, by the way. 
Is it? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, it's two no, different but, people. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move on <laughs> to oh, yeah, our quarterback top five. Yeah. Do you want me to go through this faster or no? It took a while. Maybe a little bit. All right. I mean, I I think it's kind of we can go a little quick because there's not as many attributes, I think, when it comes to wide receiver. Yeah. um, Or, sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry, what were you going to say, Micah? You were going to say something? Quarterbacks have more attributes than wide receivers. That's what I was thinking. Just a little lacking maybe. Literally touched the ball Yeah, but you're not not talking about, like, foot speed. You're not talking about route running. You're talking about chopping feet. You're talking about. and handling. uh, I can talk about all that if you guys want me to. I thought I was going fast, but <laughs> apparently not. No, I I, I enjoyed it. I Alex, thought I, I thought I learned a lot. Alec Pierce had two catches for 17 yards against Alabama in the semifinal. Watch the film, I'm telling you, it, it's like a it's like an Odell Beckham Jr. on the Cleveland Browns type of situation. I think. All right, going going to the quarterback here. Yeah, let's talk quarterbacks. It's, I think it's the exact opposite of what you said earlier. When it comes to the wide receivers, you got a lot of first round talent. When it when you're looking at what quarterbacks here, it's like the exact opposite. Do you have any first round talent? I think is the biggest question for me, at least. I don't see it. I see I see one possibly. <laughs> and that's where you're talking if you don't have first round talent as a quarterback, you don't belong in the draft type thing. That's the way I look at it. you don't deserve to get drafted, I think. And and I know it's a, a harsh way because I know that you got a backup and blah blah blah. But but we don't care about backups. I'm thinking as a Lions fan. <laughs> I'm thinking as like a Packers fan. It's like if Love we wasn't a first round talent, why in the world are we taking <laughs> a first round? You know what I mean? Like that's where I'm just gonna look at this, and it's. I I just look at it this way, and I'm starting at number. Just start at number five, like because. Yeah, you're, num- talk, you're talking number five wide receiver, and I'm like, man, I hope he falls in the second round. You're talking about number five quarterback. I'm like. Please don't take him in the top first three rounds, yeah. or or is in the fourth either. Is yeah, he, <laughs> is he going to get drafted? Yeah, like that's kind of <laughs> where I'm at, and and we'll just kind of let this thing roll here. But yeah, start out with with number five. Right? Yeah, number five quarterback. We've got Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. Um, I think there's just too much athletic ability here to just to right off to drop him yeah. any farther. Plus, I couldn't find a quarterback to replace him at number five. <laughs> Bailey Zappi. Well, I I thought of it. <laughs> I thought of it. No, but he he's a really Good athlete. So he ran he a was, four he five was too, two. Too good in college to say he's not going to be good. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. He ran a four five two forty yard dash, a thirty six inch vertical jump, one twenty seven broad jumps. And these are this is those are like almost those are better than uh, Garrett Wilson, except for the forty. Yeah. So like the, he's he's a legit athlete. Absolutely. I just I just don't see the uh, the accuracy on a regular basis out of him. And I think a lot of people, if you, if you see him play, you, you almost want to root for him because he seems like a leader on the field. You, you think he, that he's got the makeup of a, of a big time quarterback. He doesn't back down from like situations or anything, but at the same time, I think his talent lets him down on a regular basis. Right. So I think he benefited from being at Cincinnati a little bit too much. He has, I, I know you want me to move on cause it's not worth talking about, but he has his, his form. Like when he's throwing the ball, he will drop the ball down below his waist to like gear up and throw, but he doesn't do it every time. So sometimes he's short, and, and okay. sometimes he's like super long with his motion. It's not repeatable, and right. that's the, that's the whole point. So, question for you: How, how important is elite accuracy in your opinion? Like almost be, everything, be, because mm-hmm. obviously accuracy means everything. But elite accuracy coming in as a prospect, it's it's two things. It's it's accuracy mixed with vision. 
and reading right. the field in my in my opinion you have to know and make the right decision see the field and and break down a defense and you can do that pre-snap or you can do it during the play both are important but then mix that with the accuracy and that's why a guy like um out of Alabama at, with the Patriots last year Mac Jones that's why a guy like Mac Jones was so high on my board last year he was my second highest quarterback he was ahead of of Lawrence Zach Wilson oh no yeah you had Zach Wilson yeah Zach Wilson and then uh, yeah. Mac Jones and then Lawrence and and that was my ranking because I just didn't see elite accuracy out of Lawrence I thought his accuracy let him down and Mac Jones was like he would he would hit somebody crossing on a post by accident like he would just like randomly see it throw it as he's getting hit and he would he'd make an incredible play mm-hmm. so I think that absolutely plays a part in this number four number four Kenny Pickett out of bit Pittsburgh. So th- this is a weird ranking. Wow. Kenny Pickett, I think, might be the most ready to go quarterback for the NFL standards. I think he could probably be m- the most successful rookie quarterback in the first six games in the NFL next year. Because C- he's ready to go and he has that. Yeah. He has the. Uh, he, I don't know. he reminds me a lot of uh, Justin Herbert. Just ready to go, going to be good. Same type of. Um, I don't. That, that's just who he reminds me of. I don't. I don't know. Well, because he had a forty, he had forty-two touchdowns last year to compared to seven interceptions in college football. So he went from being like average to below average quarterback in college to a one-year elite season. You know, in the running for Heisman, well deserved and yep. everything. Yeah. But I just don't buy the overall talent. Um. And I don't buy the ability to see the field. I think that let him down for his first four or five years in college. I think he was a six-year guy. Yeah. Um, and then when he, as a senior, he something had to have clicked. You don't just get those numbers well, by accident. he's playing against children. But he's playing against children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's kind of the way I'm looking at this is like, well, as a six-year player, I would hope that you would have, I don't know, progressed should, to that point. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that that plays a part, but also I think the biggest thing, the reason why he's number four for me is because of his hand size. That honestly does play a big does part it really? to me. He has eight and a half inch hands. He's six foot three. He's got good size and everything. He's actually a really good athlete. He runs fast. I think he he can make people miss. Get outside the pocket. Especially he throws with his on fake the run. Slides. There you go. <laughs> but but the eight and a half inch hands and the. Um, I guess he's got like a weird thumb yeah, it's, uh, position. Yeah, it's double jointed. Yeah, or something? double jointed. But I think next week we got to measure everybody's hands on on there while we're Dang talking about it. You beat me to it. Yeah, can we just <laughs> can we have that? Let's do it. Um, and, I'm and down. Carrie added another metric that we can put under a player profile, but uh, punchability, <laughs> face, punchability, face, face punchability. Yes. Yeah, it's right Kenny. next to the forty. I don't want a punchability face for. Yeah, I don't know. Is that is that directed at Kenny? Um, oh, right. that came in a little early. Oh, yeah. All right, number three. Number three. Thank you for pushing me along here. Uh, Malik Willis. Oh, interesting. Whoa. Yeah. Why? Hey, wh- where'd you think he's going to land? I mean, I, most people are seeing, saying number one. Yeah. Not a fan of his pro day either? I, I Look, I... Throwing, cor- to, throwing to one other guy on the field. Yeah, quarterback pro day is like, him. I don't care. I don't. Wearing I really shorts. don't care. He did really good against nobody. I think he had a Rolex on. <laughs> <laughs> he looked great. He looked he great look on the great. field. Yeah. I think he has. So um, did Jamarcus Russell. Uh, that, that exactly right. Not comparing him to Jamarcus. That was probably unfair. But yeah, he has an elite <laughs> arm. 
right? He does have elite arm strength, and that's what everybody was gushing about at the pro day. Um, he, he threw the ball, whatever, like 75 yards down the field or something right on the dime without anybody else on the field with a whole yeah. bunch of cameras. Yep. So I don't really care about that. What I do care about is when I watch the film, I think he he does he has a, he lacks in the ability to, to scan the defense and make a decision. There are plays where all four wide receivers or three wide receivers and a tight end are open. All of them. And he doesn't he just looking around, he does not making a decision. Like he, it there's just too many people open. Like I don't know if like his first read, if he just didn't like if somebody ran the wrong route. I, I really yeah. don't it, it sometimes it didn't make any sense at all. There was an easy read to throw the ball. And and I'm relying on a lot of like, you know, other people breaking this down for me yeah. as I'm watching a lot of the like the quote unquote film, I guess, on him. Yeah. Um but but it's obvious. It's like um you watch the QB school and he's like Sorry, there's four people open, and I don't see he's not throwing the ball, or he just tucks and runs, and um, that that is where he is elite is his running ability um, for this quarterback class at least. But no, I don't think he reads the field. Uh, his accuracy lets him down sometimes, but he is pretty short with the ball, and I like I like his overall mechanics. I think he he keeps it really tight. He doesn't get like too low on the ball or anything like that. Uh, he throws a good spiral. He, he's a good enough athlete to handle himself on the field uh he doesn't back down in big situations but i think he has to be told where to throw the ball in certain situations and schemed open in order for him to succeed at the quarterback i just don't see that as that big of a weapon in the nfl you can get away with it in college but i'm sorry if you can't read the field and get to your third option on a on a you're not gonna in the nfl then you're not a quarterback you're gonna get picked apart you're not a quarterback in the nfl Even though you love Jim, Lamar and, Jackson, and he's not as fast as people think he is. Okay, he he is a great running back style runner, but just like a running back would break it up like a Mike Hart, let's just say, and get in the open field, he's not going anywhere quick at that point. And I think Malik Willis has maybe a little bit of that in him. All right, number two, number two, um, Matt Corral. I'm. This surprised me. I actually was way lower on Matt Corral before I jumped into to the tape. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was one that was that we were kind of high on, and then all of a sudden we got quiet on him the last couple weeks of of college football season, and then uh, until now, what what are you what are you seeing that you like about him? I think he has so, well. Number one, he's bigger than I thought he was. He's six foot two, two hundred twelve pounds. He's not. He doesn't this, look that big. No, he doesn't. When you look at him on, on the film and maybe it's just like the uniforms or something yeah but he looks small baby blue (laughs) i mean he he reminded me of like my comp to him before all this was uh uh cardinals cardinals yeah uh kyler murray Murray. yeah so because i thought he was that small and twitchy of a you know small tiny athlete no he's six foot two 212 pounds and if you can combine that twitchy feel there you go with that size that's when you can become a surprisingly good quarterback absolutely and i think he does have way more of a straight line speed and ability to run and make it hurt long term than almost every other quarterback now one one person that he continues to remind me of i mean i i, I get what you were saying with the kyler murray but then like you look at like who do you think of when you say a a more nfl body but the same twitchiness of of, of running is, is marcus Mariota. Yeah, and that's concerning to me yep. because he's a guy that hasn't found his way in the league. Now, I think Marcus Mariota is a little bit more of the Terrell Pryor type runner, like long runner, than 
Matt Corral and, and Kyler Murray can be. But that's that's exactly who like I think of when I look at him. Like that's not who I want. But what what else do you see that you like about him? Well, and that's a good that's a pretty good comp. But I would say that with um, Marcus Mariota, he his throwing motion I have never bought into. Okay, it's sloppy. It's not repeatable. Yeah. And I think the the mistake that NFL teams were having in the past, they saw the value in having an athletic quarterback, but then they took it too far and said he could be all this and they would project people to be something that they never were. And number one, they need to be a quarterback. They need to be able to throw the ball and be accurate. And I think what I see in Matt Corral is he has the quickest release out of every quarterback in the, in the draft. And it's not even close. Like he's really, he gets the ball out of his hands super fast. And I'm like, I'm talking like Aaron Rodgers type of fast. Yeah. And he, that's pretty quick. It's quick. Absolutely. And and he can throw it on multiple angles. He can throw it up here. He can throw it down a little bit. He he does have maybe more of an over. I don't know. It, it's overhand for sure. But the ability to get the ball out of his hands is also a little bit of his downside. He gets heavy on the front side. He he actually gets you know how I talk about like people getting stuck in their mechanics. I remember like you talking about it. Yeah, their yeah. arm gets like stuck a little bit. He will throw it at people's feet. When he misses, he misses low because he gets stuck in his mechanics, and I think it's because he tries to go too fast. Okay, and I so think, I think that's why he doesn't like Lamar Jackson mechanics. That's absolutely why I do not like Lamar Jackson. <laughs> when I, when you're when you're like a a shortstop though, and you and you're getting the ball to first base, like you need to have good feet and good hands and everything. And if you are moving too fast for your arms, your feet like are done and you're solid and you're on your front side you're going to throw the ball in the dirt and so that's what i see him doing on on a pretty regular basis what i think he does really well is throw on the run and it's because he gets out of his own way it's like all in rhythm his mechanics work naturally he's very smooth when you watch him he's a natural athlete yeah yeah he's i i don't know he must have been a multi-sport athlete growing up yeah he had to have been because he has that, like, I don't know, smooth. Probably a baseball player, honestly. Infield in ability is where I was yeah. getting that. Yeah. Yep. All right, number one. Number one, Sam Howell. North Still Carolina. high on Sam Howell. <clears throat> I, I can't. I think he's, like, I don't know. I I could probably you, you rank just, him below some other guys. You just saw too much his previous season, right? Like, it, it's yeah. all about film in the previous the year. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's. I think his, his offensive line this year was bad. And his wide receivers were bad. Were bad. And yeah. so I don't think we saw his true ability. I don't think the numbers reflected it. I, what, I, what I do see in Sam Howell is I think out of everybody in this class, and I could go down the line, Kenny Pickett's probably the only other one that I think actually gets to multiple options on the field and reads the defense. I think Sam Howell has it between the years where – Going into the play, he can he can decide up front what he's doing. He can he can make a quick decision on a on a slant route that maybe wasn't even a slant, but he's like, no, no, this is the right play right now. I got to get rid of it because he read the defense pre-snap. And not only that, but then once the play develops, I see him going from one option to two option to three option to tuck and run, mm-hmm. and he does get it a little bit in his own way with the tuck and run, maybe too quick but that's something you can grow out of yeah and that's something you and can that's get coached something into. that he didn't really show two years ago yeah he didn't do the tuck and run two years ago. this year was definitely more tuck and run panic mode big type, time. type stuff yep so that i he's very intriguing to me he's he's at 32 34 like he's very very intriguing. underrated runner i keep screaming don't take quarterback 
But, you, a, but you'd be happy. I would be okay. He's an underrated runner. He He's not overly fast, but he breaks a lot of tackles. I think he, people are surprised by how strong he is. Like he, he reminds you of Baker Mayfield, but I think he's a more stout Baker Mayfield. So is he more of a Josh Allen than a Baker Mayfield? No, he's not Josh Allen. No, no. Then he's not worth taking. He doesn't. He doesn't have the size, and he doesn't have the accuracy. I would say throwing the football. Okay. But but what I think Sam Howell does really well is he gets in a hero mode every once in a while, and I that's what I see. I that's, like that's I what like I've fallen in love with. Yeah. I think he's a gamer. He absolutely. Um, has a great feel for the pocket and kind of moving his feet around. He never gets stuck in his feet. He's, he's got a great base. He he like, um, I don't know, positions himself really well. He could even like do a little bit more. Um, he's got a quick release. He's got a little funky delivery over the yeah, top. Yeah, that was one thing that I noticed watching this film. I was like, that's a little odd. I just don't think it hurts him though. Yeah, I didn't if, see it. If, hurt any, him at if all. anything, he's going to throw over the line a little bit more often. Yeah, got, it, and it kind of he's already me got of, decent height. I mean, he's five six one. You know, how Tom Brady's got that like overly does, over yeah. the top delivery. Yep. It's it's one of those that's like, I'm not going to tear it apart until it becomes a problem. Yeah, and if you're accurate doing that, then just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, but accuracy could be an issue with him. <clears throat> Thank you. I think yeah. that was a lot of good information. No, no honorable it, mention for no, quarterbacks. I, mean, I had zero. No, I mean, we were lucky to get five. The class isn't that big in the quarterbacks, right? <laughs> who, Bailey, gradu- who graduated from Michigan State? Ba- this Bailey year? Anybody? Zappi. <laughs> Bailey Zappi could be an interesting sleeper. No Connor Cooks. <laughs> I looked. I couldn't find any Connor Cooks. <laughs> no, that that was that was good though. Thank you, Ryan. Hit it. If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! This is State of My Sports. Hoofta! Here we go. We're finally talking Tigers a little week, a couple I, weeks late. Can I just say, like after all that, I didn't even look at my notes during any of that. I could have just read <laughs> and probably would have been way quicker. So, <laughs> apologize to everybody. My, my, I'm about to lose my voice. I'm done. All good. Man. Oh wait, we're talking t- tigers. Tigers. Okay, yeah. I'm back. Yeah, he's back. Yeah, uh, his mic's back on too. <laughs> Damn, John was all pumped to <laughs> cut him off. All right, anyway, Tiger Spring training, uh, Correa's contract, and just questioning some some of the Tigers' moves. Um, obviously, a couple weeks ago, I kind of went on my rant of spending money. Um, add to this team, you know, too many holes. We needed a fifth starter. I didn't like the Tyler Alexander in that fifth starter mode. Uh, bullpen help would be good. Um, well, I think we just got to start with with the the good, and this was a couple weeks ago now. But the Tigers addressed um, a piece of the bullpen by by agreeing to a two year, thirteen million dollar contract with Andrew Chafin, uh, who's a thirty one year old and had a one point eight three or yeah one point eight three ERA and five saves in seventy one games for the Cubs and the A's last year. Um, it doesn't. So I think this is a very interesting signing because it doesn't sound like he's coming in to be the eighth inning guy or the ninth inning guy. The, like Soto's still that. The, you know they're going to be the the closer, if you will. But one thing that I think we've learned watching AJ Hinch um, with this less than talented team, I think you could say um, he's going to mix and match. And it's not necessarily about a closer being a closer. You're only a closer, and you're only my closer, and nobody else is my closer. You know what I mean? He's he kind of went away from that a little bit last year by kind of mixing and matching, getting the key outs in the key moments. Chafin kind of comes in. Is that Chafin or Chaffin? I guess it doesn't matter. We'll learn it here in a couple weeks. Um, but he's a 
he fits that mold because he can come in. He has the attitude, the swag of a closer, but he doesn't need the the spotlight of the you are my closer. You know what I mean? My only closer. What, what, do, they, what do they call him? What's his nickname? I don't, the, oh, the general or something like that? It's something funny like that. Yeah. I, I don't think I have that on here. It's... Yeah, yeah I'm, but he I'm, wore, I'm game. He's got he's he's a character. Yeah, he's a character, and he fits in really well with what we got because we got the the late inning guys. You know, you can throw in Michael Fulmer, Fulmer part of that group of the oh yeah seventh, eighth, ninth inning guys, and you just put in another piece that can come in and get key outs and key moments. What did you think about this signing? I think it's great. I think one of the strengths of the team is the bullpen last year. Yeah. I think it's only going to be more of a strength it this year. It only makes your, your starting rotation better, too. It takes the pressure off. Yeah. Look at the way the Royals did it a few years back. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. They shortened the game by having an elite bullpen, and that's what they seem to be building. Well, and when we looked at the if – you, if you look at the Astros back when they won the World Series and when they were going through their big run, A.J. Hinch was – you know, led that whole effort. Mm-hmm. He was one of the four – he was – Forerunner, I, I don't know what you say. Like he, he was at the forefront of like front runner, front runner. There I don't know, go. whatever. He was leading the charge for for uh, not having those established roles, like what you're saying. So yeah. if if you need him, I, there's a term for it that they use in baseball. I'm trying. I'm they call on that. The, yeah, they call it like the. It's like the when you need it the most. It's situational. The, the key outs or the. Yeah. Yeah. So I it's like know. it's the role that Andrew Miller got uh, famous for, you know, with the yep. Indians. They would bring him in the sixth inning sometimes because in that moment, bases loaded, one out, they needed strikeouts. They brought in their best pitcher yep. to get the outs, the most critical outs at the time. Yeah. And so that's where I think I'm not saying this is this is him, but it just it allows the flexibility for AJ Hinch to use the hot hand whenever it is, yeah. or the play the lefty lefty matchup right matchup. Or you know whatever it, it, it just adds depth, and it, it's it's really important because if you remember a couple years ago they brought in the the three out minimum type type thing, so it's not necessarily lefty righty matchup anymore. It's about a guy that can go out and get outs, and that's really important. Like you can, it you know you can have him start an inning and plan on getting those three outs, or you can bring him in to get a key out too. Like it, it, he can, he's very you you, you got to get more flexible bullpen guys than what you have needed in the past you know you can't just have that key lefty that has that swipe like that what do they call it the swipe slider that just gets every other wipe out yeah wipe out slider and and have that one guy that can do that one pitch against that one hitter it doesn't do that anymore yeah you got to have guys that can that can pitch not just throw guys off if you will um then they went out and signed michael pineda uh to a one-year 5.5 million dollar deal he's he was he is 62-54 with a 3.98 era in eight seasons with the mariners yankees and twins uh he was an american league all-star in 2011 with seattle uh norm known for his good control pineda threw 69 uh percent of his pitches for strikes last year uh, the fourth best rate in the majors among those with at least 100 innings. Uh, he was nine and eight with 3.62 ERA for the Minnesota Twins. Bad Twins team. Uh, the 33-year-old righty went five and zero with a 1.85 ERA in his final five games, leading the majors in wins in September. Um, I, look, I, I look at this signing; it's, it's not change like it doesn't change a whole lot because I don't want to say he's like. Uh, He's not going to jump in and, and become the number two starter or anything. You're not doing anything crazy, but he's a professional pitcher that's been around the league, knows what he's doing, and can come in and kind of be that um, 
you know, fire put her out or when things are going bad for these these starters. And he'll eat innings if he needs to. He'll go out and just put up a good effort, but he could have those dog efforts too. He just seems to be a much better option than Tyler Alexander for that fifth starting role. And I'm going to say fifth starting role. He's not going to be a fifth starter. Matt Manning's going to be the fifth starter, no question in my mind. But how you mix it and match it, it doesn't matter. He's he's that fifth guy that you're bringing in and getting relieving that stress from a Tyler Alexander. In Maybe my a sixth or seventh guy. And, and in this day and age, somebody's going to be hurt throughout yeah. the year, right? Yeah. Where we need to be more than five strong. And so that's that's what this is a complete depth pick. Um, or pick up. I don't. I don't think it's a uh, one of these like one and done or like a trade potential candidate midway through the season. If he if he rediscovers something like he ended last year, then he could absolutely be a trade candidate. But I don't think he's somebody that teams are going to covet come the postseason. Okay. So um, it's more for just providing that overall depth within the and veteran rotation. leadership. I think too. Absolutely, and throwing strikes like that's that's the kind of stuff that young pitchers need to learn is why it's important to throw strikes, getting ahead uh, early in the count, and, and having another guy like this just helps. For sure. It yeah. helps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to, to going off to the – I think that's kind of all of the positive that we've seen. The, I don't want to bore people with, with a lot of spring training talk. I don't think people really care. Um, what I wanted to really end the Tigers talk on, unless you want to bring up – do you want to bring up anything? I just think there's some rumors out there that – uh, Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson are going to make the squad right for opening day, so that that is big news. I, I don't want to shortchange that. That's like our future of the, is. of the franchise here. I and I I agree that that's what the rumors are. Until it happens, I'm I'm not going to believe it. You know what I mean? Like I'm just there. I don't think they could go out and have an unbelievable spring training, and they would play them because like I feel like their mind was made up they're like these guys are going to play or they're not going to play before spring training whether it was a really good spring training or really bad spring training they're like these guys are ready or they're not that's where I I feel like this organization's made up their mind so I don't want to dive too much into like the spring training side they're both been okay nothing great they're not killing the ball they're not doing anything spectacular pitchers but nobody are, really are doesn't okay. nobody really does in, in spring training anyways, yeah pitch, pitchers right? are looking pretty good I like the yeah. stuff that I'm seeing I think uh, Riley Green has two home runs Hit a second today. Both yeah. of them were like, he may have gotten eighty <laughs> yeah, percent. and like, it still got out. That's encouraging to me because he. That's a strong dude. But balls he, also fly out of that park a little bit yeah, easier. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But he's also a young guy that is is built differently, and he, and I think there's just a lot of upside in those. Yeah. When you when you miss a ball, and you get sixty five percent of it to the opposite field, and it somehow goes over the fence, you're like, okay, there must have been. 40-mile-an-hour wins, or the dude is actually pretty strong. Yeah, pretty pretty gifted. Um, until it happens, until it's announced, I'm just – I'm holding – I'm reserved on it, to say the least. Um, but another thing that happened that we were going to talk about last week, real quick, that I want to talk about this week, uh, Correa uh, signed with the Twins, a three-year deal, $105.3 million, 35 per year, um, with a player opt-out after every single year. So it's basically three one-year deals – for $105.3 million. And and you guys know my opinion on, on what the Tigers need to do, and, and they, they need to spend money. And I look at this contract, and I'm like, why weren't the Tigers making this deal? Why weren't the Tigers spending this money? Why why wasn't there more on the table? And I know we signed Baez, and I'm, I like the Baez signing. I do. But you can do both. 
And that's where I feel like this Tigers organization is at is they had an opportunity to be like, all right, everybody hates us right now. Uh, Chris Illich came out with the the voted against something that people were pissed about. I think it was wrongfully mad about it personally, but they were. And this was the chance for the organization to be like, hey, we're not crippling our future with a crazy contract. Let's just get him here. For three years. Let's get this guy here and make this. People would have bought season tickets like that. Like, it would have gone so quick. They would have been filling the stands so stinking fast. And I get, yeah, he might not be worth, what? what is that, $35 million a year. A lot of people say that. I'm like, who gives a crap? For three years, maybe. For three years. Like, what, what else it. are you doing? I agree with you. That's a I- very short-term deal. And he could opt out. Okay, if he opts out, then you're handcuffed even less. He he declined a ten year offer from the Tigers, right? Yeah, and it was like thirty, or it was, it was 28, like 29, 28, yeah. 29. Yeah, but but you go to the thirty three or something over a three year period. Like, come on, that that's something that's not going to handcuff your future. Like what you're saying, yeah. Your franchise, you it, just, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what the long term reason, or maybe they didn't even think that offer would have. Done, it. done anything, you know, talking to his agent. Like, I'm yeah. not sure what the disconnect was, or if he had said, "I don't want, I don't want to play with Baez. I don't, that's not where where I belong." Yeah, and he wanted to be his own thing, and not not like share a spotlight or something. Yeah. I don't know, but I, he's gonna have it all to himself with the Twins. Oh yeah, for sure. I just find it very interesting because you look at what what the Tigers offered, and I'm like, okay, that means AJ Hinch wanted him, and now you miss out on him by not. Signing this deal when you have plenty of cap space, you have what? What do we say? Ninety five hundred five million dollars below the luxury tax. You wouldn't even come close to that. And so, what does this do? Like, what does AJ Hinch think about this? Like, I know he knows the ins and outs of everything, but like, if he wanted him that badly, and let's just say Chris Illich said no, we can't spend. We already got you Baez. We're not going to spend anymore. That's where I'm going to really lose my mind. And it's another opportunity to just wonder what Illich's end goal is with this organization as the owner. Is he willing to spend money? Is Avila willing to spend money to get aggressive and, and go all in? Because this was an opportunity that I just I just feel like it was missed out. I really do. And it's disappointing. They might have thought it was a little too early, but um yeah we'll we'll see, right? Yeah. We'll we'll see with the long term money that they actually spend. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. So, when did when did this happen? Thursday. When did Michigan lose? In the Sweet Sixteen, they lost in the Sweet Sixteen <laughs> to Villanova, yeah, sixty-three Thursday. to fifty-five. It was a nice, pretty surprising run, if you will. Um, they went on uh, to get where they did with young talent. Uh, they had a very high hopes, and it was a disappointing season overall. That's just kind of the way I look at it. It was fun, you know. We were we were in the midst of it. It was like, hey, we didn't ex- we were eleven seed. We don't expect to win the first game. We're we're not supposed to. Then we're they not supposed to win the second game, and we do, and it gets really exciting. But then. The warts that this team was of why we were nervous about it, why we were disappointing, disappointed season as a whole, really stuck out in, the, in that game. And I know Villanova, we got to give Villanova credit because the, the way that they played defense was, was crazy. They're one of the most efficient offenses in the league too. Um, but, man, 
it was just it was insane how quickly you could be high and be like, hey, we can win this game to just whop. This is why we suck. This is why it hasn't gone well. This is why we don't tr- truly trust Jawan. And it was just so many things. It was it was just crazy how quickly speak all of the there. all of the positives that we yep. were gaining just got smacked down. And it was just like like my wall upstairs just gone. Just who, just gone one there one day, gone the next. Name an available coach that would won would have won that oh, game. Look, not not Jawan Howard. I'm not blaming Juwan for that loss. Oh, okay. I'm not. You know who to won that game? Uh-huh. Dickinson and uh, I don't know some of the other guys who missed point free, free blank throws. shots and, and free, free throws. throws. Yeah, so they were what? What was the free throws? They're fifty percent on free throws, seven of fourteen. But it was it wasn't even that. It was such a crucial crucial moments in the game. Like very early on, I feel like the first half they were like what one for seven. Yeah, in the first half or yeah, something like that, in free like throws, that. and they were like down. Three for ten, or and something. then like early on in the second half, they were missing. It was like, and then they were missing some easy layups and stuff. It was just, it was mind blowing because some layups they I missed was, so yeah, many layups and so many goodness. rebounds, so many second chance points, and then they were giving up second chance points. It was just like, but you know what I mean? It was everything that we were concerned about Michigan heading into this, and it just all hit the fan in that second half. And it was absolutely embarrassing because they looked like the team that couldn't even win a, a Big Ten foot basketball game. You know what I mean? Oh, it looked Mid- bad. In that second half. And it's frustrating because that game was winnable. Everything was there. And I don't know. Well, every time they'd, they'd come down and they were going for a layup, no matter who it was, you go, oh, okay, they, they missed that one. They missed the second one. Ah, uh, well, You know, we'll, we'll, we'll drive back down. We'll get a few more. Put some points on the board, and it continued. the The left side of the hoop was n- non-existent You're right, as far as left, scoring side. The left side. It was bad. I it just was, it was very very ugly. Can you can you read that and, and maybe answer Joe? He's got an electric electrical question. Sure. Yeah. You want me to read it on air? No, not on air. Oh. I just mean like maybe to answer it at oh. some point. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah, but what do you think air. about the game, though, Micah? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Could you read about the game? <laughs> but anyways, yeah, the Wait, seven of fourteen for three years. Michigan looked better against Villanova than Purdue did against uh, St. Pete. <laughs> yeah, but so that like, doesn't say a lot. I don't. Yeah, but like Purdue was like the best team coming out of the Big Ten all year. Had the most hype. Had the most potential to make a run outside of Iowa, who got upset week one, but or game one, but. Uh, I, ah, man, you can't. I don't know. You're beating up Michigan for not looking good. They had a couple of uh, freshmen out there on the floor and a couple guys well, that were banged up. I think like, that's that's half of the problem, though. Is like this was supposed to be a very high end class. Freshmen were supposed to, like, what, they were the number one recruiting class, right? Yeah, yeah. They were, to, to according yep. to some. So why we have the we had returning talent, we had incoming talent. And then this hit the fan. And, and look, I, I don't want to like. When you say returning talent, you're specifically talking Dickinson about Dickinson and Eli Brooks. I think is is a. Not, I'm not saying he's a, a elite talent right. yet, but I, he was. He, he's been important. They to lost. This team. They lost a lot last year. They lost. I agree eighth, with that. Eighth overall pick, who's in the top three for Franz rookie Wagner. of yeah, the year, yeah. Franz Wagner. I get that. They lost. Uh, uh, Those my, livers. They yeah, lost livers, livers for who's, the Pistons. Second yeah. round pick looks pretty good. Look. And and I get all Brown, that. yeah, Mike Smith, I four do, starters, yeah, yeah. I do understand four to that, five. but college basketball is about bringing in high end recruits and making them pan out right away. 
Kind of. Look at North Carolina. Look well, at Villanova. Look at Duke. Oh, there's one of four teams in the final yeah, four. Yeah, look at that. Duke the last several years leading up to this. Yeah, I mean, the one and done thing is something, but it's only it only works for a couple of programs, and it hasn't been proven to work year in and year out. Look at Kentucky. I mean, Baylor had some had some upperclassmen on their team last year, too, like – I don't know. It's yeah, I, I think I don't want to. I'm I not. I don't want to like make this game the focal point. But I think this game was the focal point. The you don't. I don't know which one was good, which one was evil over the Jekyll and Hyde thing. But this was the the evil one of the two in in this game. But it was. It, it's not just this game. It's this whole season because that's how bad they have looked in this season. I think. I think this game 100 percent comes down to execution, and it's not even close. The players were set up for success in this game and to win the game and they missed simple random putbacks that did not go down and the free throws and and those are the two things that if you just clean up those two things they win the game going away it's not even that close of a game i thought they outplayed villanova for the most part and yet they lost the game i agree with you it happens ryan well done well done thank you Villanova was the uh, recipient of some calls too down down the stretch as well. I mean, too many. when you're when you're not winning the game, it do, it doesn't help your case. Yeah, I was just for Michigan. No, that it was frustrating. It, it was I'll a, agree. It was a hot topic though. It was a hot topic. The the officiating of that game got more national recognition than people in Michigan really realize. I think. Like it was, there was a lot of stuff on Twitter at the time, you know, about like how the refs were throwing this game and and conspiracies, or whatever, but. I'm not going to blame it on the rest, but it was a it was almost like a perfect storm. Why Michigan lost this all game? All the missed bunnies, and then that's what's on top of the calls. That's what I'm saying. I wish Kyle was here. Why? Because he he also agrees with me, Ryan and Micah. But Sam is way <laughs> off. They had a great season and played amazing in March well, Madness. Well, they didn't have a great season. <laughs> I mean, they they had they won some big games. They had controversy. Yeah. They lost a lot of games. They should have been better than what they were. And I think the over, like that's the biggest thing. What you're saying is like the seat was the season overall a disappointment. Yes. Yep. Was yeah, this game it, was this game a disappointment? Yeah, only because we saw them outplay Villanova and still lose the game. So how do, how do we make a Sweet 16? So like, I feel like a lot of Michigan fans are, hey, we had a nice little run in the, the tournament in Sweet 16. Hey. Five in a row, right? Yeah. Like, how, this is a historic run for okay, March. Okay, but how do we make you. making the Sweet 16 not good enough? What does Juwan Howard and this, his staff have to do to be like, all right, a Sweet 16 exit next year is disappointing because that's what I want to be. I want a Sweet 16 exit to be disappointing, not be a – Oh shucks! Oh well, we just missed bunnies and bad calls. Well, I think it for a long a time, season. like as a Michigan fan, we had to listen to Michigan State because they always kept making the Sweet Sixteen. I, I, I can't. You, you can't knock yourself for only making Sweet Sixteens. Like that's to be one of the. Yeah, you're traveling and you're playing all these random schools that you have no information on. You're learning as you're flying. Um, I'm. I am okay with just making the Sweet Sixteen. It's 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 a good it's a good run. It's a good way to end the season. It's good to feel like we're a, a legit program. Like Michigan State got to hang their hat every year. I, in and I, year I agree out. with that. I think they're they're continuing the the tradition that Beeline built, and I think that's a good thing that Juwan Howard's doing. Um, I think it was extremely important for Juwan Howard to get a couple wins like that. To get a couple wins in March like this because of the recruits. And because if he's going to hang his head on recruits, then it's it's just a disappointing season combined with no run 
in March, then it just doesn't work out. Like that, that's just overall disappointment. So I think it was important for them to get to the Sweet 16 so that they can, they can look a certain way or get perceived a certain way, you know, from these recruits that have either either committed, either committed or, or trying to still make a decision. Yeah. So do you guys think Dickinson comes back or no? Yeah, I do. I, I do too. Back. I'm I th- leaning toward. I I, I think he's going to be a four year guy. Like. Because he has nowhere to go, really. Like, he can go overseas, make good money and stuff, but just finish your career and, I, I think and so then too. go overseas. He could probably break some records at yeah. Michigan long term. And, man, the way that he's a mismatch, that was he's the key to, to every single one of these matchups. It's like, hey, you know, this team might be better talented, but how are they going to deal with Dickinson? And we said that for all three of these matchups, even yeah. Villanova and – it was a little disappointing for for him. I think he ended up with what fifteen points, maybe fifteen. A lot Which, of missed shots. <laughs> yeah, but it's like characteristic. Man, if he comes back for another year and then maybe even another, it's it's going to be a good good piece. Yeah, uh, for all the the talent that's going to be around him here soon. I feel like every time he touched the ball in that game, in his mind there was three seconds left on the shot clock. Like he had to make a move and he had to shoot. When it wasn't the case every time. Yeah, he just looked rush. Yeah, he looked rush. It looked like the pressure got to him. He didn't size anybody up and go up over the top. He was trying to, like, outmove them and then find a, a crease to, like, make a bucket, and that's not Hunter Dickinson's game. Well, and, and actually that's interesting because late in the game, he actually, when they had the, the turnover from the shot clock, the shot clock violation, he actually, like, took way too much time, made four moves and got the crease, and it's like he went the whole game with rushing, and then and then when they needed him to rush and put something up on the on the rim – yeah. <laughs> then he didn't do it, and it was a shot clock <laughs> violation. It was just a, it was an uncharacteristic game for him, and, and it's just those happen, I guess. Right? I think yeah, the moment was just big for that team yeah. overall. Like if Eli Brooks is your only leader on that team, it, yeah. it, it says a lot. Like that's one I, voice in the huddle. Like Kobe Bufkin, you know, f- a freshman that didn't get a whole lot of time. You get uh, uh, who's the other Frankie? Frankie Collins. Like these are these are critical guards that I think next year or the year after are going to be big time. Big time guards for Michigan, and they're just—they were just too young. They're not one and done type of talents. Uh, they weren't ready for this stage. I think Frankie Collins actually looked really good and actually fully capable, but he didn't develop that role over the long haul. Well, I think he's going to have a bigger role with Devonte gone. Absolutely, he proved it, right? Yeah. And Devonte actually declared for the draft already. Exactly. Real quick, I did want to talk a little bit about the, the, the overall brackets and where we're at with the Final Four. I mean, with all the upsets and craziness, I mean, you still end up with four true blue bloods here. You got Villanova against Kansas, North Carolina against Duke. Uh, starting with the Villanova-Kansas. V- Villanova's a four-and-a-half-point underdog. I know they lost a key player to an injury in that Michigan game. Um, they're, they're currently uh, plus 450 to win it all. Um, just behind UNC, who's plus 500. And then you got... Kansas at plus 180 and Duke at plus 160. Uh, another another f- fun thing it was the the Duke UNC matchup here. Uh, Duke is currently a four point favorite, but it's just funny how I think I saw there was like 250 games between these two teams and they've never played each other in a t- in the tournament and, and they split the right re- split the regular season. Uh, and and here we are with Coach K coming down to the wire here, making the Final Four. I just want him to be done. I'm so sick of looking at him, and I hope UNC can be the one that just puts him out since it wasn't Michigan Man, State. you hate greatness, don't you? You're just a Detroit I, fan. That You're is, the, a Detroit that is fan. actually the haters. exact opposite of how I am. I'm usually a big fan of greatness, wow. but I don't like people that talk out of both sides of their mouth. I don't like those type of people. Right, so and they I can feel, hear on the right side and the left and side. And I feel like he is <laughs> such a fake person. 
and I know that's probably unfair, but (laughs) I just he just looks fake to me. I feel like everybody's trying to make him up to be this good guy, and I feel like he's really hard on his players, a lot harder than they 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 make out to be. So I don't know. It's probably unfair opinion, but I don't know. He's a winner. He's, he wins. I don't think he was very hard on like Zion it. Williamson. Yeah. Like, Zion would have ate him for lunch. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, how, how, how'd that season go for him? Played in the championship, didn't they? Oh, no, they oh, lost they, to Michigan oh, State in the yeah. Elite Eight. Oh elite, oh, elite Eight. They only made it to oh, the Elite yeah, Eight. Yeah, yeah. Super disappointing. Disappointing year for Mike. Number one sh- overall seed, sh- though. Sh- 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 number one seed. Were they? I thought they were a two seed this year. No, that, that year. Oh, that year? Yeah. Uh, who do you got this year? Who are you betting on? I bet on. It's got to be Kansas. Kansas, right? I, I mean, beat. So I I put a bet in in today, and I I did Kansas over UNC for I, a decent payout. Those are the two teams. I mean, those are the my two teams. I don't. So you believe, think UNC is going to be? I don't Duke. believe in Duke. I think UNC beating Duke would be amazing. I'm just betting. That on would make me point. so happy. And, and yeah, I do think they will. Man, I hope I get it right. That'd be awesome. This would be a good money. Mike, who you got? Mana, mana, mana. Um, I actually got UNC winning it all. They're oh. stacked from here. They are stacked. Yeah. Nobody's talking about them. They're eight they're, seed. They're playing great ball. They're they ready got, too. They John, got screwed. John, who do you got in these matchups? Well, I picked Kansas in my work bracket, and I need them to win because the guy that's in first place right now had Villanova winning. Okay. If I get Kansas to beat Villanova and win the national championship, I can leapfrog to first place and win the pot. Hey, oh, let's go. I also need Duke to win because another guy at work had North Carolina winning it all. Okay. So it would just help my odds if Duke won yeah. and it was Kansas over Duke. But I want to see Coach K win, go out on the bank. You do? I do. Why not? I do. Add another one. It's foolish. I do. I don't like him. I'm with you, Sam. I, I hate this greatness. <laughs> I hate the greatness of Duke. I hate this greatness. <laughs> wow. Anyways. From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. All right. Last week, I – so on the podcast, I, I put together this – this parlay and it had a couple hockey games and a couple NBA games. All the NBA games I used were actually Thursday games. So it didn't work out. So I, <laughs> I posted uh, all NHL parlay. I had the Leafs minus one and a half. Uh, they won by one. I had McKinnon over one and a half points. He only had one and I had over six goals in the Blackhawks ducks game, which pushed. So I was Oh, two and one. Now I am one and five for my Wednesday parlay, but tomorrow's the winner guys. I got the jets money line against the Sabres. Knights minus one and a half over the Kraken. Blues money line against the Canucks. Nuggets over the Pacers. Hawks over the Thunder. Where's that Nuggets Pacers game at? I have no idea. (laughs) Do you think it matters? It's on the paper. (laughs) I think it's tomorrow. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters either. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. That was real quick. Good talk. We're about to put up a three-hour banger, so... <laughs> <laughs> Let's remind everybody what we're drinking tonight and give it a nice little grade. We're not explaining betting here? Nope, just moving on. All right. And my bets. They must have cut us that check. Who, just who, go to the website. Who are you asking for this, this you. description? Somebody. Do it, Ryan. We're, we're drinking Corner Man Red Ale from Brew Detroit. Um, 
big fan of this already. 5.2%. Again, this is a full-bodied red ale, roasty, toasty. Is, a lot of uh, flavor in this. Yeah, really good flavor. Yeah. Yeah, like um, I, just drinkable, right? I, I don't know the, if there's a better way to describe it, and I'm not good at describing beer, so drinkable is what I came up with. Mike, what'd you think? <laughs> Ditto. Same thing. I, I don't really understand what goes into a a red ale. Redness. Redness. Illness. And and a corner man is in this can. Yeah, I mean, what, what is it? Do they what do they use to make it the red ale compared to just a regular ale? I don't know. That's a great question. Because it tastes question. similar. Yeah, that's a Brutus good probably t- chimed out halfway through the wide receiver talk, so <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they're not watching anymore. But do, you, do you think that was what? a a thing that people? No, I did. I was, from it, wide was, receiver talk? it was just a joke. I I I was at. I'm, I loved it. I yeah. really did. I'll probably re-listen and learn more and watch more film. But I'm gonna should. give you a grade. Brew Detroit, obviously in Detroit, Michigan. No question there. But where'd my phone go? John, what what do you think about this beer? It takes me back to when I was not of age to drink alcohol. My dad brewed a batch of a red ale, and it was in these 20-ounce green bottles with, like, the real nice caps on them. I remember going to a bonfire once, and I was like, man, I don't have anything to bring with me. So I put a couple bottles of those in there, and I got really, really, really tore up (laughs) off of, uh, like, two and a half bottles of beer on the wall. Uh, so I don't know that I've had a red ale since cause, uh, it was a, not a good experience the next morning. And then my dad was super pissed because like it was a small batch and he was holding those for like significant value, but it's a great beer. I'm surprised that it's only what a 5.2. Is that what it said? Does he can? still brew beer? My dad? Yeah. Every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Just small batch. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I thought it was a little bit stronger. Maybe it's other things that I put in my body earlier today that got me feeling good right now. But, uh, what are we looking at? Kyle's comment. Oh, Kyle, He's yeah, still we, awake? we got a lot of beer grades coming in. Let's let's read some beer grades from the from the masses here. Let's uh, go. Yeah, Carrie's uh, drinking the Oberon, first one of the year, uh, eight point three. Nice, right, this is a solid right. rating. It's probably more realistic. It's probably right up. Yeah. <laughs> probably way high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we drink a lot. Up there with ours last week, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Kyle had some Dewar's twelve. That's a whiskey, right? Is that is that a whiskey? Is that a bourbon, Kyle? What are we what are nice. we working with here? Uh, but he gave it a nine point oh. So what, what was he drinking? Kyle's got to be feeling pretty good. What was, right he, what was yeah, he drinking? No wonder he's still awake. Uh, a Dewar's twelve, roasted barley. Nice. Oh no, sorry, Carrie. Roasted barley is why the what makes the beer red. By the way. Oh, it's it's a malt. It's like a specialty roasted malt mixed with the barley. But yeah, mm. it, it, it makes it different than the American amber ale. Kyle's drinking a scotch. Scotch. He's oh, man. He's fancy. Oh, yeah. He has his other man. podcast going on today. He should be here right a now, A scotch Kyle. grading podcast. What makes it a scotch? Anybody? I don't know. Does he got to, like, tuck his thing in his shirt? Oh. The name, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I watched the whole scotch special on Dude, Amazon, and I don't Scotland, remember. Right? <laughs> it's, it's comes from Scotland. That's the only reason? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Either that or Ireland or something like that. Anyways... John, did you give it a grade? <laughs> the red ale or yeah. the, the scotch? The red ale. Or tonight's podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, all of it, please. I'll give the red ale grade. Is that actually really good? I would have a couple more. He will give it honest. a three hours. I mean, um, <laughs> three hours. I don't know. I'm probably hours. flirting with that line like seven, nine, probably seven, nine, eight, maybe. Yeah. Seven, nine, eight? Yeah, round up. <laughs> seven, so nine, so eight? eight. Yeah, we'll give it an eight. We'll put it in an eight category. Well, eight. Give me an eight flat. <laughs> 
Eight solid, eight standard. Eight flat skis. Eight metric. Eight smackers. Ryan, what are you thinking? Uh, eight one. I could have gone higher. Like eight, the steak eight sauce? Eight two. Oh, wait. Eight two. Is <laughs> the, the, the man of changing numbers. I like the red. That's <laughs> <laughs> the color. Yeah. The color is awesome. I like the malt. No, this is a good beer. I like it a lot. Yeah. I, I would uh, I would get this again. Micah. Eight three. Oh, boy. We're climbing a ladder. Yes, sir. Sam. I'm not on screen yet. I'm on screen. <laughs> oh, what are we doing here? <laughs> Why? See, Sam, this thing keeps moving down. Like, it, I don't know if these are set on a timer. Come on, man. They but shouldn't it, be it did a timer. It did it earlier when we were in, like, uh, quarterback quarterback or maybe wide receiver one that was three hours it's, ago yeah i know but it slipped down <laughs> to like the the intro page i didn't touch it Tired. oh I, I bet you one I, I bet you one of my buttons was wrong i probably didn't program it right mm-hmm. but well yeah i'll fix it here we go for next next episode well, sam, sam is sam is back and he's got a grade all right i <laughs> i'm not a big f- red ale fan and i they're not watching anymore right is Brew Detroit still watching? Uh, I can't tell who exactly Come is watching on, that. man. Each be exact honest. time. So all you have to do is be honest. Don't Honestly, give it a bag all right, I would drink it again. Not one of my favorites. I'm going to go with a 7-2. Hey. Really? There you go. Just remember who's the CEO of this show. <laughs> oh, gee, oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> His email is? <laughs> State of mind sports <laughs> at RyanSucks.com. No, <laughs> Standard lifter? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that was episode 150. Celebrate 150, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Big episode. Must have been. Must have done something special for that. 150. We really went hard on that one. Sorry. Episode 200 tired. will go bigger. We got any guesses on time? My guess is. You got to be within a minute. Two hours and eight minutes. Including the intro music. All together. 13 minutes. Two hours, 27. 27, 13. Eight hours, four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours and 12. Minutes. Oh, within a minute. Let's go. I should end this before I lose. Put that in the Thank you all for segment. listening. <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke <laughs> We're it. hot now. Get on the Wednesday parlay. Uh, thank yeah. you guys for recording. We do really appreciate segments. you guys being here. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. We got to do last segment. What do we sooner. <laughs> been listening to State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions, to the Tigers, to the Pistons, to Michigan and Michigan State, and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an MI. We'll see you next time.